quickly is in the podcast because I listen to the Justice League podcast. I hit this a fuck ton, and you can always. Is that mine or your or both of ours? Or I want to say it's. I said that wrong. Is that yours or both of ours? Not mine specifically. I want to say that it's probably both, mm-hmm. but I know that I contribute to it far more than you do because I hit mine far more than you do. Okay. So as you try to say quickly less, I'm going to try to hit my e-cig less. Okay. So I'm going to get a couple of puffs in before we start. Because <laughs> I don't think like this is going to be infuriating or anything. Like, no, it's pretty straightforward. There isn't anything crazy about it. I mean, the only thing that... I'm going to get into it. Uh, that kind of bugs me is that we don't see Godzilla for like the first hour. It's literally like 55 minutes and 20, min- or 20 seconds before we ever see any Godzilla in the movie. And it says movie. It bugs me a little bit, but I'm also like, mm, whatever. Mm. I was well, all right. I'll, I'll refute that point with some other things. Okay. Whenever we get to that. Yes. But anyway, I'm Ryan Downing. And I'm Greg Vance. And this is fucking Nerdinian. Yes. <laughs> or we, Nerdian. Nerd, nerdian. <laughs> However nerd, you want to say it. Nerdy Onion. <laughs> However you want to say it. Um, Every week, you always do the intro, so I figure I'll give you a break this week. That's fine. <laughs> uh, every every week we get together and we talk about uh, one of one of what you would consider a nerd culture movie. Um, sometimes they're very near and dear to our hearts. Sometimes we think they're just fucking shitty. Most um, of the DCEU. <laughs> yeah, seventy five percent of that whole thing. Yeah, we went through that just to get it out of the way. <laughs> um, but. That being said, we uh, we go through all the movies beat by beat. Uh, we tell you how much money they made. We tell you who's in them, who made them, who did music. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes, we sometimes talk about I forget about. It. Most of the composers. times, I forget about it. Every so often, if it's a composer that I like, with this Godzilla movie, it's like there's nothing really special about the music. It's fine. Yeah, but there's nothing crazy good about it. It's just part. It doesn't. It doesn't stand. It's not like an Alan Silvestri if if and when we get to the Marvel's Avengers movies and all that. Well, I mean, we will eventually. Yes, but that first Avengers theme, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, we first get in the first Avengers movie, I can't fucking reproduce it with my fucking mouth, but that one is real, really fucking good, and Alan Silvestri did amazing work, and it continued to build on that throughout the movies and shit. I mean, we've... Also talked about uh, John Williams. John Williams, of course, obviously the most common one. Prolific. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, we, yeah, we, we tear apart the movies. We tell you what happens in them. So, spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, we will be spoilers, we yeah. will be talking about the movies, the beats, what happens in the movies, mm-hmm. ruining the twists and turns that may take place in the films that we talk about. So, if you haven't watched the 24... Or 24... The 2014 version of Godzilla, you might want to do that before right. you listen to us. And th- and this one is not one that has like big spoilers. Yeah, it's to... not. It's pretty straightforward. It's yeah, like... there's no there's no twist at the end. No, like, I, I mean the only the phone call wasn't coming from inside the house the whole time. The only twist I could think of is, uh, and we'll, spoilers, we'll get to it when we get to it. Is Brian Cranston dying early in the movie? Because I always, when I, I first, even when really I first uh, was watching the trailers and stuff really like years ago, I always thought Brian Cranston would be in the majority of the movie. I did too. And he dies within uh, the first act. And I'm just like, oh, okay. It doesn't bother me. It's just like, well, that's, that's probably the most surprising thing in the movie. Anyway, <laughs> we, are talking we, are, about, we are talking about giant lizards. And uh, Motu. Like a, what do they call it? A massive unidentified terrestrial organism. Mutos. Mutos. Yeah, that's it. 
not Motus, um, but Mutos. Uh, and I looked, and there's no like uh, precedent for this creature. Like it's never popped up anywhere before. No, it's its um, own thing for this movie. Well, and they even say it's a uh, it's a parasite. It's not even a uh, yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, one of the uh, like other Godzilla like creatures were was killed, and then parasites were housed inside his body and these parasites ate the other Godzilla creature because we'll find out very early on in the movie but anyway yeah we are talking about Godzilla uh from 2014 and it is it's an all right movie it's not the worst thing in the world I mean the the not the the next movie we'll be talking about is Kong Skull Island because that's the next movie that got released but the movie after that technically it I mean we could do them in in either order because it doesn't matter. Not not neither like of them not, have any. They're sort not of like necessarily. Yeah, they don't. They have mention it. certain things in each of the movies, right? Well, except for Kong Skull Island. Well, Monarch is founded is in part of in the, Kong Skull Island. Monarch starts in Kong Skull Island. Well, they don't start there. They're they already exist there. Do they? Yeah, they already. I thought it was after. No, the they already thing. exist, but it's like their first mission okay. to find a. Right. Right gigantic being. Right, right. There, there are rumors, the whole hollow earth theory, and it dives more into it with right. the Godzilla versus King Kong movie, which is, we watched it the other night with the kids, and it's fucking great. Like, it's really fucking good. Like, my issue with this movie is we don't get Godzilla for, like, the first hour of the movie. We get a fucking fight with Godzilla and King Kong real fucking early in that movie. It's really fucking brilliant. Uh, anyway, we are talking about Godzilla 2014. It's got Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Ken Watanabe, Elizabeth Olsen, Sally Hawkins, Juliet Binoche, uh, David Strathairn, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, and Richard T. Johnson. And it's uh, directed by Gareth Edwards and written by Max Bornstein. And uh, Gareth Edwards, he got this movie because he directed a little indie flick called Monsters. And it's a brilliant fucking movie. So fucking gorgeous. I really enjoyed that movie. It has the same like um, uh, pacing as the mm-hmm. Godzilla movie does. Uh, so it's very slow at the beginning, but then it ramps up towards the middle and end of the movie. And it's really, it's a lot of fucking fun. I implore everybody to go watch that movie. But the reason he got Godzilla is because of that movie. It's so well done. They did it for like, compared to very, what Godzilla very had, right. very little amounts of money. And it looks fucking brilliant. Uh, anyway, Gareth Edwards also directed one of my favorite Star Wars movies, Rogue One. Because I fought between that, uh, Return of the Jedi, and The Last Jedi. Those three constantly, depending on my mood, just flip-flop um, as my favorite. Anyway. I don't think I'll ever be able to rank them. With the Star Wars movies? Yeah. Yeah, I... It's so fucking hard, because there's so much good. Yeah. yeah and it's it's... Depending on my and mood, there's, and obviously there's at least three bad. <coughs> I would I, I would say there is at least two bad. I say the third one's more good than bad. Like majority of uh, Revenge of the Sith is really good. Although I will say some of my favorite music is from the first three. I know the fucking Duel of Fates. It's a spellbinding yeah, it's music. Ugh. The best. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we were talking about Godzilla, and this movie starts off with. <laughs> no, we're talking about fucking Star Wars, right? <laughs> And this movie starts off with an interesting thing. So when I was starting to watch this movie for the second time, I was like, "Mm, maybe I should write down some of this redacted stuff because it would be 
cool little information. I had the same fucking thought. So I started, and I started going fucking like second by second, and every so often, oh, a few of them would pop up and just immediately start yeah, striking them Yeah, it was so away. fucking hard. It was fucking infuriating. But I was like, wait a minute. We live in the 21st century. I guarantee Somebody's already done this. Has already done that. <laughs> yep. Uh, what is the website? It's birthmoviesdeath.com. Uh, and just the the article title is called Badass Exclusive, The Redacted Secrets from Godzilla's Credits. Uh, and here they are. Which, uh, which is also the first thing that I wanted to talk about was how much I enjoyed the fact that it was redacted credit. Like some yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Like as it was going, it was redacting things. And some of this is like cute little like, uh, uh, you see what we're doing here? So here it is. Warner Brothers Pictures and Legendary Pictures present a terrifying tale of disaster and woe. Furthermore, the creature must be eradicated. These fauna are a danger to all life on Earth. A Legendary Pictures production to destroy this creature in all DNA evidence. A Gareth Edwards film, the certain magnitude of the weapon is enough to turn in everything to dust. When Aaron Taylor Johnson had recorded the seismic activity, Ken Watanabe of one MT surface burst onto Bikini Islands. Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen emphasized that there are monsters in the depths of the Pacific. Some specimens have been found that date Four million years, Juliet Binoche. These are all like quotes that if if you were like reading As, a news article, this is what their their quotes would be. It right. sounds very fucking like that. Sally Hawkins searched there by submarine. Even with nuclear weapons, there is no guarantee that the creature will succumb. Evidence show that it is likely the creatures will like it evidence show that it is likely the creatures will come back with David Strathairn's head. <laughs> to the old general's head. They'll come back and be like, look, we killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Malcolm has uh, claimed that government men dressed in white lab coats routinely appear at site, and Brian Cranston, shortly after the event, all residents are sworn to silence. The scientist and occult author Richard, Richard T. Jones has acclaimed unique, agno- unique acknowledgement of the creature's odd mating habits with C.J. Adams. There are many references to living dinosaurs in the Bible, such in the case in uh, Job 41, uh, verse 71 to 14, uh, Isa 27, Victor Rosak 2 as Leviathan. Uh, there are countless other passages that refer to dragons as well. As a matter of fact, dinosaur is a relative, relatively modern term, which means terrible lizard. Nebuchadnezzar's favored god, the priests casting by Bell and the dragon relates Sally Haley Finn CSA dispute. Are these animals real? Can we prove that they even exist, or are they merely men in rubber suits with costumes designed by tricksters Sharon Davis? We may never learn the answers what lurks below. The call response of bats may give us clues. Visual effects supervisor Jim Regal uh, has used sonar map sonar to map this communication visual effects producer alan maris despaired uh sound design by its nature is always eric (laughs) at all a disruptive and ethan van deer ryan violent birthing process for all parties music supervisor hidden in the depths of dave jordan the thunderous sounds that came from the hills are from a large creature the, monstrous communicate, the monster communicates through music composed and conducted by uh, Alexandre Desplate. Uh, not to be discussed with film editor Bob Dusset. 
this confidential document must be shared, must not be shared. The Illuminati has been using pro- production designer Owen Patterson to build facilities to hide their study of the creature and its origins. All clues are suppressed. The bomb site is classified and will be detonated at 0800 Pacific. Director of photography Seamus McGarvey will shoot. There will be no living organisms on the island. The only proof we will we have lies within executive producers Patricia Witcher and Alex Garcia. Ledger's note. Uh, executive producers Yoshimitsu Bano and Kenji Okahira are looking into the possibility of hunting Muto. Produced by the fire-breathing Thomas Toll. Produced by some of the eight soldiers, John uh, Jassini, uh, certain toxic areas, Mar- Mary Parent, uh, contamination, Brian Rogers, forged in 1943. Reliability of these sightings is still questionable based on the character's witnesses. One must ask, is Godzilla owned and created by Toho Company, LTD? <laughs> this is the Zuri Maku carcass first described in Japanese story by... New Zealand fisherman in 1977. The carcass, David Callaham, was decaying and weighed 4,000 pounds. Damn, he's a big boy. (laughs) The dinosaur had been dead for about 30 days. Pseudoscientists tried to say this was a mere basking shark. There are photos of animals yet to be named in the new screenplay by occult author and nature enthusiast Max Bornstein. He seems to explain what these odd animals are. Directed by Gareth Edwards, Monsters, which is the movie he directed uh, to get this movie. So, yeah, there's like it almost plays like these are like little snippets from an article coming out. And all of it, some of it is just straight up just we're poking fun at like, oh, yeah, this is a Toho creation. Is it, though? Is it a Toho <laughs> creation? Right. It's <laughs> the man in a rubber suit. Um, I, I found, yeah, when I was starting to do it, I was going out of my mind because, yeah, like I said, they start redacting the moment the fucking credits pop up and it was yep. fucking infuriating. So I was like, no, someone had to do this. Clearly they did. And I really found those fascinating. And they do it. I don't, I'm not sure if they do it in the Kong Skull Island movie, but I know they do it in the other Godzilla movies and they definitely do do it in the Godzilla versus King Kong movie. So there'll be more of those coming up. I can't remember if they do it in Kong Skull Island. I don't remember. I haven't watched it in a little while. I watched it here recently, like probably three weeks, mm. or f- like three or four weeks ago. Um, but I can't remember if they redact or not. Anyway, I guess we'll get to that whenever we get to it. Yep. Uh, anyway, th- so this movie starts off with what looks to be like the, the, the typical stuff we saw in the last, in the 98 version of uh, Godzilla, where it's just testing... Uh, uh, nuclear test going on. Well, as the credits end, right. you see Godzilla's back breach the water mm-hmm. and the bomb go off. Right. Presumably. Uh, well, which is which that before takes... the bombs goes off? I thought it was after the bombs go off. Then the no. It, well, it's it's hard to say which came first, the chicken <laughs> or the egg, in that <laughs> right. because it's it's like instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Either either way it goes, it's immediately the reason i say that is because then they reveal later on is that they weren't testing nuclear bombs on that island they were trying to kill godzilla whenever they found him they (laughs) you're trying to slowly open it just made it worse (laughs) well no i wasn't trying to slowly open it i was just like it turned like a (laughs) quarter turn (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, the way the way that I understood it, whenever they, I was watching the movie, is that they were trying to kill the Godzilla yeah. on that island. They weren't testing uh, nuclear weapons on that island that made right. Godzilla. you see you see Godzilla come up first, mm-hmm. n- meaning they knew that they were that he was going to be there. Okay, and that's why the bombs were there to blow up. Right, as try soon to as they saw him. take him out. Um, anyway, so yeah, we start with that, and then we cut to uh, 1999. Um, it's Brian Cranston. Well, we see a little boy like making like a happy birthday sign on the ground. He picks it up part way, starts to walk down a hallway. We hear like uh, a man talking on the phone, and we see the as the little boy comes into the one bedroom. He's his mom is getting ready for work, presumably. Um, and then they just have like well, a, no, he he looks in and sees his father on the phone. Oh, that's right. And then his, his mom, mom comes up to him like comes around the corner yeah, and he's yeah. like he's up yeah like yeah. what are we gonna do and she's like go get dressed for school i'll deal with it yep and uh, the kid is basically trying to surprise his dad with a birthday celebration of sorts before he goes off to work and then they'll come back and do all that but tragically the dad's not really paying attention to any of it he's just doing his normal thing he's on the phone with the guy some of it is in japanese some of it's just in english well, he's, he's talking about trying to get a meeting with the people in charge right. because some sort of seismic noticed, activity he's noticing happening. some seismic activity that is uh occurring around their nuclear site that they're right and he's on. worried that it's going to cause a meltdown mm-hmm. and he's in charge of safety right uh and so he doesn't really pay attention to his son making all the stuff for him and it, it's kind of like uh cats in the cradle type thing <laughs> um <laughs> yeah kind of it the only the only thing that really like irritated me about that is like it would be one thing if his dad was watching like a football game and not mm-hmm. paying attention mm-hmm. but being in charge of safety yeah it's a pretty at a nuclear thing. power plant like and you going, yeah, these things worry me. I think there might be a meltdown. Like, I needed to talk to these people to make sure we can shut it down. Mm-hmm. That's pretty important. Like, that's that's an important phone call. Yes, it's important. But in that important phone call, you could basically be like, hold on. Wait a second. I've got to deal with something real well, quick. Well, right. And but, then pay attention but to your son for like 30 not, seconds. But it's not that. Like, the son is hiding from it. He has no idea that the son is there because his back is turned to him. Okay. Whenever he peeks in. Like, it's not that he's ignoring his son. It's that he's taking his job seriously. Well, it, it's... I don't know. It's maybe a little bit of him... Of a little bit of both. Of him taking his job seriously, of course, and also ignoring his son. But not in, a, like, a malicious like way. Yeah, it wasn't... He obviously loves his son. In fact, whenever he... Him and his wife get in the car, his wife tells him, he's, your son was trying to surprise you with a birthday... Uh, surprise before he left for work and he looks heartbroken heartbroken that he missed it completely that he just was too into his work to notice it and it's you don't see it as the dad trying to be mean or neglectful in any way it was just he's dealing with some shit right now and it's some really heavy shit that clearly something had to be put on the side my point is is that i just believe if he would have just taken 10 seconds to even in the presumption that he didn't have any idea that it was uh, a birthday surprise, just basically acknowledge his son for 10 seconds. Be like, hey, have a good day at work. And then the son surprised him with a birthday thing. Well, but he, but the son doesn't. Like, he has the opportunity as they're walking out to, to the son getting on the bus and mm-hmm. he and his wife getting in the car. Like, his son has the opportunity to be like, happy birthday, daddy, and mm-hmm. hug him. But mm-hmm. he doesn't. Um. 
Or no, you know what? He is he is on the phone all the way out into the car. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I'm the entire time. I'm wrong. I will, I will, I will, I will amend my statement. Not not because I think that I'm actually like I was wrong that he was still on the phone out mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. but like the not acknowledging your son for just like, ten seconds. Like when you're just when your seconds. back is turned towards eh. him, like. Uh, that I understand. I don't, he I don't know. know about you, but I don't have eyeballs in the back of my head. Obviously, that wouldn't be the case. But there was obviously other times throughout the day of getting right. ready, he could have noticed his son. Right. And then at that point, the son could have been like, happy birthday or whatever. Right. Um, anyway, uh, they get off, he gets off the phone. His wife tells him that his son tried to surprise him with the birthday thing. And then they make plans for later in the day to be to have a big hoopla. For, she's, yeah, she's going to go pick him up from work, pick up a cake. Get and, the kid from school, and they'll all spend they'll the rest all of the do, day. Do a happy birthday thing to try to make up for right. the failings that they just had. Um, so they both agree. The kid goes on the school bus. Uh, school bus drives away, and then they go to work, and it's just Brian Cranston talking about the seismic activity, and shit's getting worse well, and worse. And he tells her as soon as soon as they get there to yes. suit up and go check the sensors to make sure the sensors in the nuclear reactor right itself. aren't uh, at fault mm-hmm. for. Like faulty sensors being the reason that mm-hmm. he's panicking. So while he's dealing with all the seismic activity and but and them discussing on whether or not to shut down the reactors, she's suiting up and going into the the actual nuclear reactor. Um, we see her dressing head to toe in the hazmat suits, the headgear, and everything. Uh, and as uh, they're deciding on whether or not to start the process of shutting it down, because apparently it takes a while to shut down a nuclear reactor. Uh, then a big boom happens, and the entire ground a shakes. Fucking earthquake! Uh, and they're not sure why. And then that's when they're like, "No, fuck it. We need to shut it down right away. Right now, we need to shut it down. No, no more questions. No more nothing. Yep. Like uh, Brian, and we have one stooge, like uh, American stooge, like, no, we can't do this. This this will set us back or some shit like that. And Brian Cranston's like, I don't give a shit. We need to shut it down now. He grabs the radio, starts uh, barking orders into it. And then he uh, yells on the radio for his wife to get the fuck out of that uh, reactor hallway because something's going down and we're shutting everything down. You need to get out of here. Out of there, through the big doorway that basically cuts off anybody from... Yeah, the blast shields. Right. Um, And then we see him running through the hallway. We see her running with her team back the other way. Well, because they're the the other... Like, his underling, his safety underling, Mm -hmm. is like, we need to close everything off. And he's like, no... Put that door on manual. My wife is in there. I, I will close, close it. Yeah. I'm going down there right now. And then he just fucking books, books it. it. Yep. And it's same with her. They see like uh, like a billow of like smoke and shit coming down the hallway and sh- shit where they're uh, from. Well, it's not smoke. What? Yes, it's not smoke in the traditional sense of something being on fire, but it's like uh, it's dust. Steam. Uh, no, steam. it's steam. Okay. So the way that. Uh, nuclear reactors work. <laughs> okay. So there are multiple rods that go into uh, a, a like containment chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, there are fuel rods, which are rods of plutonium, and there are control rods. Okay. And the control rods control. So um, one like one atom is like fired at a uh, nuclear rod. Mm-hmm. And then that, making contact with it, throws all of that plutonium that's in that rod around the chamber. Mm -hmm. 
and the control rods are in there to like keep it from going super critical. So it it bounces around, but not quickly enough to cause a reaction to blow up. To blow up, but mm. the reaction still happens, and it happens with all the. By the end, it happens with all of the rods of plutonium. Mm. Those rods become very hot because of it, and the way that they cool them is with water. In, oh, okay. In like big containment pits. Mm. That's why, like, if you you can actually find pictures, like if you type in forbidden pools, mm. like a lot of them are, uh, like containment vessels for nuclear reactors. Oh, okay, and they call them forbidden swimming pools because they're like sixty feet deep. Oh, okay. And the rods sit at the bottom. Mm-hmm. But if you were to swim down to the rods, you would take a lethal dose of radiation. Yeah. And so what happens is one of those things ruptures into the reactor that's running, causing a huge billow of steam, Mm. which would also be radioactive. Yes. Like everything else Mm -hmm. that would happen. Uh, But anyway, so anything that comes in contact with it becomes... Like the radiation wouldn't be contained anymore, and right, right. it would be if even that simple smoke would be right, just irradiated. Because, well, because steam and shit, um, it's all contained within a vessel, mm. and you wouldn't get any of that steam or anything unless the vessel was broken. Mm-hmm. At which point, the the just like the elephant's foot in Chernobyl is still radioactive today. Mm-hmm. Like if you stand right next to it for like five minutes, you yeah, take yeah. a lethal dose of radiation today and it's 40 years, almost, almost 40 years yeah. after <laughs> the event happened. Yeah. Um, so it's still super duper radioactive. So basically that entire area is radioactive that they're in. And if the steam catches them, then they're pretty well. But nuclear well power is a godsend, Ryan. Nuclear power is the be-all, end-all of everything, Ryan. That's what I've been told. It, it is, but it isn't. It is, it is a far superior version of power. Yes, I agree with that coal part. coal or oil. Yes, I agree with that part. And it is, it is a clean energy. Yes. Technically. To the extent that it doesn't have, like, have any direct effect, like, say, smog with right. like, an engine oil right. or, anything, right. or engine oil of any sort. Uh, but there is still nuclear waste, and we get to that in this movie where they have to store that waste somewhere. Right. Um, eventually, if we were all on nuclear power, that mountain would get pretty fucking full pretty fucking quick. I'm not even entirely sure that that mountain is actually used. I know that it was going to be, but I don't know that they ever actually used it. Oh, well, just a side note. It is an actual thing that actually exists. It's not just for this movie. I, I also want to point that out. The Yucca or Yucca Mountain is an actual thing in Nevada yes. that we actually, yes. with the few uh, nuclear plants that we do have throughout the country, that's where they store a lot of their I waste. I don't think they store their waste there, though. I thought they did. Um, I was I was watching something. I'm not sure. Um they were going to store it there, mm. and then I'm pretty sure that Nevada was like, oh, hold up. Like, <laughs> right. we don't want that, so why don't you just keep it in your containment pools for now? Right. Because it's not hurting anybody. It's, it's staying there. That sounds reasonable. I, I don't know much about nuclear power. I just know that the waste that comes from it is that I don't see the... I'm more of the renewable energy type, like solar uh, panels and uh, the, the the turbines and the wind turbines and everything. 
I don't see how it's beneficial to have something that's so volatile. Granted, there is no, like, say, smog from, like, an a engine oil or anything like that, but you have nuclear waste that, if not treated properly, could devastate entire communities. Okay, but everything, if not treated properly, like, every comfort that you enjoy, mm. if not treated properly could harm many people. Yes, in the sense that it, you've, if you have someone irresponsible operating something well, like not a wind even, turbine... Not even necessarily irresponsible. Mm. Like natural gas, fire. Those are also things I don't like. I know, but specifically, I know that your, your heater is yes. a natural gas heater. Yes. Um, so you have a pilot light, mm -hmm. and that is fire. Yes. Fire burns down things. Yes. You don't throw, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, I guess is what I'm getting at. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge proponent of nuclear power. Mm. Um, I do see that there are benefits to it. I know there are in, benefits. I just don't think the it, benefits outweigh the danger, the huge, massive danger that nuclear waste provides. Well, it, it does, but it doesn't because. People overuse things in our society, <laughs> specifically. And the amount of, I think it's uranium-237. I'm not sure. That is required to power, like, the entirety of the East Coast mm -hmm. is the size of a dum-dum lollipop. Yeah, I have no clue. That's it. Okay. Like, that's, that's it. And that's for, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. A dum-dum lollipop could power the entire the entirety of the eastern side of this country for 10 years. Yes. But then that same dum-dum lollipop could also radiate hundreds of people and then kill them in monstrous ways. But they could also <laughs> turn them into Godzilla. Right. <laughs> According to the last Godzilla movie we right, watched. Right, right, right. That's true. Uh, this one, not so much. He was already right, here. Right, so. Um But it could turn him into Spider-Man because if a spider gets irradiated, it was an irradiated spider that bit Spider-Man that made him Spider-Man. So who knows? Maybe. You, we could all you, get superpowers. You die horribly or you get superpowers. <laughs> one of them's going to happen. Um, so. Just fucking roll the dice and see. So anyway, yeah, we're still at the beginning of this movie. Uh, mass chaos is happening. All that steam is coming out. Uh, uh, Brian Cranston's wife is running, I can't remember her name, is running away from it along with her entire team. And he's like telling her, get the fuck here quickly. Do it now. She's like, I'm trying. One of her teammates falls down. She tries to pick him up. The steam is getting closer and closer. It doesn't look like the team is going to make it. Brian Cranston screams like bloody murder and then well, they slams. Get, they get enveloped in it. Oh, do they? Off, off screen from him. And he just sees the wall of steam mm. coming and he hears the people over the speaker, like, you have to close it now, you have yeah. to close it now. Like, like I know your wife's in there, but if you don't close it now, then everybody dies. Yep. He screams, and he slams screams the and slams it. Uh, it goes close, and right as it closes completely, his wife comes up to the window immediately. And, so, and fucking bravo, Brian Christ. I know, like, he's only in, like, the first act of this movie, but it's brilliant fucking acting like, from beginning to end. I fucking loved him in this movie the entire time that he was in it. I fucking... 
hell, the father from fucking Malcolm in the Middle, I fucking have enjoyed everything he's done since fucking Breaking Bad. Like, Breaking Bad, all of that brilliant fucking work. And then he's did uh, uh, Trumbull. Uh, about the writer from like the 1950s that got blacklisted because he was accused, not directly connected, but accused of being a communist. So he got blacklisted and all that. Fucking brilliant movie. He does amazing work in that movie as well. Um, so I've really enjoyed everything he's fucking done, I, including this movie. So I implore everybody, just go on a Brian Cranston binge. You definitely could. Like, he's damn good. Yes. Like, just... I, I said I wrote in my notes. Brian Cranston deserves all the awards all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'd go that far. <laughs> no, I would. I'm I don't, a huge fan of. Brian I don't. Cranston. I don't know why I'd give him a Grammy though. <laughs> well, he's done. I, I'm pretty sure he's done musicals before, like on Broadway and shit. I'd have to look. Well, that's I'm pretty Tony's, sure. not Grammys. Well, if he could do that, then he. Could, I'd almost bet he can re- uh, produce an album of some yeah. sort. Maybe like a uh, acoustic album. I don't know. Something. If he has that music ability, then he could potentially. Um, I'm shooting for that EGOT for Brian Cranston. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we see. We also see inside the kids' classroom all this mass panic happening because they all feel the uh, earthquake and they see just uh, one of the smokestacks just of the, crumble yeah. into the ground and shit. And everybody's like, "No, this is it. We have to evacuate because it's like a small village uh, on the coast of." Japan. Where this nuclear site is, Japan. I know. I know it's in Japan. Were they, were they in Japan or on a small island next to Japan? Like it was Japan territory or Japanese territory, but I think it was. I know Japan is a giant island. It but was it's somewhere also got near. Smaller I thought it was somewhere it. near the bottom of the actual Japan proper, if mm-hmm. you will. Right. The mainland, if you yeah, will. the mainland yeah. of it. Um, but it, I guess it could have been on one of the. It, they don't really say. Yeah. Just they because it the reactors are they, they show it on a map once right, right. later on, and it's still not like super clear because mm-hmm. it's like a a big dot on a little yeah map. yeah they, they don't they don't hold on it for very long it's just like you're here we need to go there type bullshit. yeah this is this is where mm-hmm. the plant was and this is where it came from yep uh, anyway. Uh, we cut to, uh, after all the mass pa- panic and everybody being put on school buses and all the facility being basically destroyed, we then cut to 15 years later. And then we see a younger man, youngerish man, uh, presumably it's the boy from the family we saw. We get that connection very early on because yes. I think they call him the character's name from yeah. the movie. Excuse me. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, he's on a, um, uh, aircraft carrier. And it's it's like this whole beginning was a flashback. Yes, it was like him like passing out and then reliving the events right. that happened that ended up killing his and mother. And his sergeant or some sort of military person mm. like tells him to wake up. Yeah, he wakes up and he's in the military. He's coming home after uh, like a tour or two that he did over uh, in the desert. Uh, he eventually, we just see him just going through the normal rick and roll of uh, just coming home from whatever tour you were doing. He gets off the plane, gets greeted by his family, gets taken home. He's doing the normal family stuff, eating dinner with them, mm-hmm. all that shit. They're enjoying them themselves of dad's home type bullshit. Um, and then uh, they get a call. Uh, as it looks like their day's about to wind down, they just put the kid to, to bed, and it looks like they're about to fuck, and then they get the call, and then he's immediately yeah. packing his suitcase and shit, and then... I'm assuming they may maybe had like a quick rendezvous somewhere before he went off to the airport and shit. But anyway, 
I assume they had a quick rendezvous before he got back because six months or so after, or uh, not getting any. Yeah, yeah. Or I think, I want to say that they deploy for like nine month increments. I'm it's, sure. It's like a, well, it's like a year increment, but the first three months are training and then you're, you're actually boots on ground for nine months. Or at least if I'm remembering correctly, that's the way that the National Guard does it mm-hmm. because my younger brother's in the National Guard. Um, well, so yeah. for, for not having it for a year and then getting it, well, I know my my younger brother, he was in Korea for, what, a year and a half? He had, like, three months of training, and then he was in uh, Korea on the yeah, DMZ. Yeah, he was in for, like, 15 months. Yeah, it was, it was so, quite a while. Anyway, no matter how long it was, yeah. what I'm saying is anything over three months, he's probably a two-pump chump. So they probably <laughs> still had sex. That's true. <laughs> I haven't uh, really fucked anything. It just, so, wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't a whole night of... Well, I'd almost bet, being that he hadn't fucked in quite a while, sh- they would have... Well, I don't know. This is stemming in the whole slew of shit. If he has PTSD, all that shit. Right, I mean, it, she, she gently brushed his arm and he was just like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but they get a call saying that his, uh, the Aaron Taylor Johnson's father is in jail. The character he plays. He's been arrested remember in Japan. Has been arrested in Japan for going into that nuclear site. Uh, clearly, that site where the nuclear reactor melted down has been quarantined off. No one's allowed in there. It's completely against the law type bullshit, including the town surrounding it as well. Yes. Um, so they, we see uh, the son getting everything ready to go get his son or get his uh, father out of jail and everything. So he suits up is. And we get this conversation between Elizabeth Olsen and Taylor Johnson, which, side note, it's fucking weird to see Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver making out. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, I enjoy their acting in this movie, and it's, for the most part, really good, but it's just weird. They start making out, he starts touching her ass and shit. I'm just like, stop it. This is weird. That's your sister! (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) Right. I don't know what it's like in Sarkovia, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Sarkovia is in Alabama. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we then... Now, you know, for all of the people who didn't make that connection mm-hmm. because he didn't have the silver hair or anything, you just fucked this movie for him <laughs> for the rest of forever. Because they're going to look at it and go, oh my God, oh, cover the children's eyes. <laughs> Why did you get Southern right there at the end? I don't know. <laughs> it's just anytime I imagine a, a situation where like <laughs> you need you need the kids not to see, mm-hmm. it just becomes that southern. like that like Southern preacher like Good Lord, cover <laughs> the children's eyes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alan, Aaron Taylor Johnson ends up or AJT is what I'll start calling him. Ad- uh, goes to Japan and we see him in like a like a waiting room like area for his father to come out of the jail cell that he's in. Uh, we see like this Japanese goth kid being escorted out by his parents, getting the riot act from his parents. I'm like, that's really weird. Just the way his look looks, yeah, it just looks fucking weird. Um, not knocking that lifestyle. If you're into the, like the whole goth scene. It just looks fucking weird. Anyway, his father comes out and we see get this look from Brian Cranston that it's we missed. One scene, I believe. The scene at the mine. Oh, that's right. It's, it's right after he goes onto the plane and it cuts in between 
It, it, they do that editing thing where it, some time has passed, so they interject another scene from somewhere else. In the right. Um, but yeah, uh, so the other scene is Ken Watanabe's character and Sally Hawkins' character uh, go to this uh, accident site where just basically like an entire pocket of the earth just dropped out of the fucking ground and just... Well, it's a, it's a mine, and they got excited. They detected traces of radiation. They got excited because they thought that it was uh, like a pocket of uranium or something. Mm-hmm. And they started to try to to excavate to it. And once they got all of their equipment in place, it just fucking fell through the ground and it was hollow underneath. Yep. Uh, and then so they- I guess this is technically your first... Like hint at little handed hollow earth, but they don't actually come out and say that it's hollow earth. Right. And they find the bones yeah, as they go as they go they in. They also dug into what may have caused the collapse and everything, and they see like bones of like a massive creature in it. Right. And there's two little things attached like egg to, sack to their thing. ribs. Yeah. And they're looking at the one and it's like, oh, it looks like it's dormant or dead. And then I think it's the other one's already the whatever was in it is out. It's now just well, right. I th- but I think that it was her character that was like, this one looks like it's open, and then they like pan to the other one and it's open, mm-hmm. and then they see sunlight and there's just a fucking hole through the side Where of the mountain. It, yeah, broke through the ground and everything. Uh, so clearly something has broken out into our world and is heading somewhere. We're not sure where. Is it sunlight? I don't think it's sunlight at this point. I think it's just further into the ground. Because it doesn't come out of the ground until we see it at the nuclear site. No, it, it came it came out through the side of the mountain and into the ocean to swim to. Okay, I don't remember. It's just a small detail. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, then we cut to uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's agent uh, picking up his father from the police station. And it's one of those scenes where you... Well, no, that's before it jumps to 15 years later. What, the Philippines? Yeah. The thing in the Philippines is before then he... Then has to cut right... It's before he right wakes to, up in the plane. He gets on the plane. No, it's before he wakes up in the plane. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I'm talking about when he goes to get, get his father before he gets back on another yeah, plane. Yeah, it, it just... It just cuts like, to him Like in snap the, cuts to him... In the waiting in room. In the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is... Right around the same time the facility goes apeshit and all that. and Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he's picking up his father from the police station, and it's one of those typical scenes only in the reverse where it's not the father picking up the son from doing something not stupid. Not angry, I'm just disappointed. Right. It's the son picking up the father because he did something stupid. <laughs> like, oh, hi, son. And the way I understood it is that they didn't have much of a conversation in the car ride to his father's home because once they get there to his father's home they start talking left and right and his son is like look you have to come home with me you have to see your grandson Dad, just fucking stop yeah yeah and it it's a father and son trying to handle their feelings and all that when it came when it comes to them missing Brian Cranston's wife and his mother and all that and Brian Cranston tells him it's like look I sent your mother down there it's like I'm the reason that she went down there yes and I don't even have a picture of her to remind me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I was trying to do whenever I went. No, he tells him that, like, I was just trying to get a picture from our old house. Like, that's why I was in there. Mm-hmm. On the on the car ride to his apartment. 
That's right. And then they get to the apartment, and there's shit everywhere yeah. about just this weird conspiracy about like Monarch, this, about yeah, Ken Watanabe's character. All, all this stuff that The only thing that's missing on. is the red twine connecting everything. Right, right. And he's like, Dad, you have to stop this. Like, it's not healthy. Yeah, and he tries to convince his father. Is, this is where his father's like, I'm the one that sent her down there. Mm-hmm. I feel responsible, so I need to find out what actually happened to her. Yes. And then he starts talking about uh, like a radio or... Some sort of buoy, yeah, yeah. He like a sonar he had, buoy or he had something a, a, a that a fisherman put fisherman in place. put in place because he was sailing by it like every day. So he asked the fisherman to put these buoys out in the water, and he was able to record uh, a radio signal of like an echolocation of, of of two creatures talking. And yeah, well, he said he said he's always he- he's always heard the one. That's right. Ever since it and happened, then one day he checked, and then one day he checked. He, like checked intermittently, but then the day that he checked, something was talking back to it. Right. Uh, and this, and he's like, so there's something out sinister there. going on. Mm-hmm. If I could just go, like the the patterns are exactly the same as they were. If I could just get back to our house and get my discs, I could prove all of this. Right. Uh, and we also see his son trying to convince him to come home with him to see his grandson. And Brian Cranston's is like, oh, how old is, I think, Sam is the little boy's name. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he's five. And Brian Cranston just laughs at it. And it looks like they both come to an because Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, look, you got to stop this right now. Come home with me and forget all this. And it looks like Brian Cranston was like, all right. Well, because no. whenever he wakes no, up, he then... he's like, he's like, oh, he's... He's like, your grandson misses you. He's like, mm. oh, yeah, he's probably like five now, right? And then AJT's like, no, he's eight. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. You've missed years of his life. Yeah. Like, come home with me. And it finally seems like he's going to acquiesce Agreed and to go. It. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we cut to Alien Ta- AJT uh, waking up in a bed, and then he hears some sort of conversation going on in another part of the house. And he's not sure what it is, so he gets up. And he sees his father on the, I think it's on some sort of like CB. Shortwave radio or CB. Talking to someone. And you can see that he's making plans to get back onto the island that the reactor was at and to get those discs. Um, so he's not doing what they agreed on the night before. Um, and Aaron's like, what the fuck? fuck we just can't... talked about this. Well, but then it's very quickly, like, it goes from, what the hell? I guess if I can't beat him, I'll join him. Yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and then we cut to them on the island, um, doing their doing the normal thing of like I, the way I understand it is that Brian Cranston's character had not been on the island up until this point. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Because like he's always been apprehended before before he got on it. Because I think he would have figured what happened on this island much sooner than he right. did right now. Um, but they're on the island and they're just exploring everything and everything's like overgrown with like foliage and right. Shit. And they're they're wearing. Uh, hazmat suits. Hazmat suits. Or makeshift hazmat suits, yeah. anyway. Um, and they're just perusing through the city and shit, and then they see, like, a pack of dogs just run right by him. And Brian Cranston's like, what the fuck? This shouldn't be a thing. And he immediately takes off his helmet, and he's like, no, the air is fine. Well, he checks the uh, radiation. Checks the Geiger counter. The Yeah, he checks that first. It's reading zero, and then he takes his helmet off. He's like, it was all a lie. There, there's no radiation here. Everything that they told us was fucking bullshit. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson does the same thing, and then we just 
a few more scenes of them walking through the city and shit, and then they end up at their house, their, where yep. it is. Uh, and then we just see just more overgrowth and everything, just plants busting through. We see the old fish tank. He, we got a, like a small shot of in the beginning of the movie, and it's like overgrown, and all this sludge and shit is inside of it. We see the old birthday sign that his son ha- hung up. It's still up there. Um, they're just going through uh, just the remains of their home at this right. point. Uh, Brian Cranston lifts up some stuff looking for his disc at this point. He uh, lifts up one thing, and he finds it shortly after rummaging through a few things. He finds the disc. He gives this like look like, thank God, now I can prove that I'm not fucking insane. Um, and then he also gets a picture of Yes, he, it looks like he's about to just leave it completely, and then he sees, like, the in the mess of shit, he sees, like, just a picture of his wife and his son, his, his son at a younger age, of course. Um, and he just... It, the, the, the look on Brian Krantz's face whenever he finds this picture, it's fucking spellbinding. Like, it, it's just, like... It's one of those things, like... It means so much to him. It's something so insignificant, but it means the world to him. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, they, we cut to, like, a helicopter in the sky going across the cityscape. Um, we see, like, just more just overgrowth on all the, te- uh, the uh, skyscrapers and shit. And then we see, like, we cut onto, like, a tight shot of the car, and we see Brian Cranston and AJT come up behind it watching the helicopter, and they see several helicopters going towards the main reactor site. And they're like, what are which they doing is, there? Which is lit up. Yes. And like something's going on. skylights and stuff everywhere. Something's going on. I'm getting the same readings as before. We need to get over there. And as he turns around, and then we see, like, Japanese military police right behind them. Mm-hmm. They get apprehended. We then cut to Ken Watanabe in the main facility, just talking to a bunch of underlings about what's going on, about what they plan to do if this thing wakes playing up. With a, playing with a watch. Is he playing with the watch? I thought the watch playing was later on, before everything goes to ape shit. No, before you see him, you see the watch. Okay. Like it, it starts with a with the watch in his hand, and he like closes it and puts it back in his pocket, and then it pans up, and you see him. And then he's talking about uh, this thing and what to do if it wakes up. Right. Uh, and then uh, someone comes up and tells him that uh, there was... Uh, Two people that tried to break into the facility that were on the other island uh, and tried to get onto the the nuclear reactor site, um, and then we just cut to Ken Watanabe uh, with Sally Hawkins walking up to this supply closet that with has a, a two way mirror. Yeah, for some with reason? an interrogation mirror in it. Like I, the whole setup just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Maybe they use rooms that are not used often as supply closets in Japan. I don't know. But it looks really fucking weird because it's just a supply, what looks like a supply closet with a giant ass window in it to watch Brian Cranston be interrogated by this one police officer. And Brian yeah. Cranston's having none of it. He's basically yelling at this random guy, like, I know you lied. I know something's up here. Uh, I have the readings. They're the same as they were in 1999. Something is fucking going on here. It killed my wife. I want answers right now. I want my son. I want my discs. And I want some answers right fucking now. Ken Watanabe looks at the older, uh, is handed a bunch of information from the guy's pack, along with the discs and everything that he grabbed from his home, and he sees the very same readings that he has from his team up in the yep. co- command unit, and it's very similar to what they were dealing with now to 99. Um, they walk back into the command unit, and then everything starts freaking the fuck out. Uh, it looks like something's going on, and they're like, no, we need to shut it down right away, shut everything, or shut down the creature right now, so they pump it with something. I can't remember exactly. 
I think they just electrocuted. I think so too. Because they're like, oh, we just need to fry this thing and just kill it right away. Because they're trying to study it at this yeah. point, trying to figure out what it is, what it wants, and all that. And it's just, and it's not even a creature. It's like a, like a chrysalis around yeah. the creature. It's just like this weird, like tipped over cornucopia type thing in the middle of where the reactors were, just sitting there, just hardened tissue and shit like that all around what but you see there's like lights and stuff on the side that yeah makes like a whirring noise and then discharges and everything kind of like blinks for a minute yeah uh and as they electrify the thing it looks like it's dying down and then it just uh does a little whirring thing again and then knocks out the power through the entire facility everything goes fucking dead for mm. a few minutes does it go dead before it I thought to hatch. It, yeah, it, I thought it did. It did the EMP thing, and oh, then everything yeah, comes right. back you're on right. seconds before it then hatches, and then we see the actual creature itself. Yeah. And it's weird. This it's this weird like uh, praying mantis, stick bug, stink bug type amalgamation. Yeah, it's like all these creatures put together type creature, and, and huge, it, and it has wings and everything. Um, so it starts tearing up shop right the fuck away. Um, people start panicking. We see people starting to fire at it. It's not having any of it. It starts wrecking shop yes, completely. Legs glow. And also, whenever the, the creature does the EMP thing, we see all the power go out. We also see what, the door that Brian Cranston is at uh, unlock. Like, it's apparently a safety mechanism. If it loses power for any reason, yep. it unlocks immediately. Uh, Brian Cranston ends up outside on, like, a catwalk watching this thing. And, like, this, like, scaffolding thing falls on the walkway that he's on. His son comes out of the... His son comes out of like the uh, like paddy wagon that he's in, mm-hmm. um, sees his father, sees the creature, and then looks at his father one last time, and then the rest of the catwalk collapses along with his father into the debris and shit. Uh, he yells for his father, and then the creature fucks off, and I think he... Oh, he well, dives creature, back into the... Yeah, the creature... This like, is, yeah, it gets really fucking weird for whatever reason. He dives back into the paddy wagon that's now on its side. He puts on a gas mask... As the creature fucks off, and I'm just like, why, why are you putting on a gas mask? Because <laughs> it, it, it made no sense. But it does. Because he was wearing every other part of his radiation suit still at that point, except for his mask. Yeah, but he was it's, already. But he thought that that creature breaking out of that. But he was already out in the open around that for so long before he put on the mask. So. Putting on the mask is just pointless. Potentially. If he put it on right away, right when he saw the creature, then fine. Yeah, that would make sense. But he was already out in the open. The creature was already starting to walk away by the time he dived back into the paddy wagon that he was in, puts on the gas mask and everything. I think it's just survival. Like Maybe. Survival it just seemed weird. But we get like a, a POV went, shot of the, inside, yeah, from the, gas inside mask, the gas mask. Which I found interesting because you hear all the breathing and shit and you see the creature walking away and you just see him basically slowly pass out. He doesn't pass out. He does. I thought he did because he then wakes up in the. I thought he woke up. No, we don't see him wake up. We just see, uh, just the aftermath. Of as soon as the bug fucks off, he goes and finds his dad. And, like U.S. military is coming and talking to. Um, yeah, this is the next morning. The monarch guy. No. I, I don't. I don't morning. think that much time had passed. Like they were still digging people out of the rubble and stuff. Mm. I guess that could have been technically the next morning. morning. I know. I'm pretty sure Some, I saw like a sometime, bunch of like daylight. Sometime shit. after the bug left. Right, right. Um, 
the U.S. generals like, I'm here to escort you. You're supposed to come with me. Like, who else do you need? Yeah. And AJT's loading uh, his father Brian onto Cranston a, like, a onto ambulance. into an ambulance, and he just looks at him. And is like them. <laughs> yes. Apparently, they, he can just do that because then we get a shot of them in a helicopter. His father strapped to a gurney and everything. Uh, AJT watching his father and Ken Watanabe watching the both of them, and they just fuck off into a helicopter. I'm just like, shouldn't this man be going to a hospital? Or do you have facilities of where you're going to treat his wounds and everything? Uh, but anyway, so they end up at this facility that they're at. I don't think they explain it in this particular instance where they're at specifically. I know they do later on with the uh, in Colorado and Nevada and all that, but I don't. In this first facility, I don't think they specify where they're at. I thought they were on a ship. It's possible. I'm not sure. Because they, I think, I think that they're on the ship that they're on for a big section of the movie, like until they get to Hawaii. Mm. I think they go directly to a ship. Okay. Um, but on the way to said ship, oh, that's right. He Brian, does. He does. Brian Cranston's character yeah. is. Talking to AJT and is like, listen, like, I get it. I was right, but just go home, be with your family. Yes, like, don't do what I did. Don't don't make my mistakes, your mistakes too. Just get home to your family and protect them. Yep. And with that, he dies. Yep. Right in front of his son. It's a very touching moment, and everybody's just fucking like shit. Um, the man that tried to warn us died too late he died in the process of trying to warn us and all that um so we see uh agt uh just looking over the body of his father and like i said this is the only thing that really shocked me is that brian cranston isn't in the rest of this movie because mm -hmm. i really enjoyed his acting but uh we then see inside the command unit of uh the main general along with richard john uh jones's character um just talking to everybody in the room telling him like look we don't know what this is, so we're calling it the Motu or Muto. 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 I don't know why I keep switching those letters. Massive unidentified terrestrial organism. Yes. And they're like, look, we don't know what it is. We don't know where it came from. This is what we're calling it right now. And then I believe Ken Watanabe is like, um, he hints at Gojira, I think. Yeah, he does. Because they ask him if he has any expertise in the field of these large animals and then yeah and ken watanabe explains everything that they know up to, the, up to this point about how the nuclear tests in the 50s weren't actually tests they were trying to, they were kill, trying to kill him the godzilla creature it didn't work uh and that it's out there doing its own thing until something else comes along and something else has come along and ken watanabe is like maybe maybe godzilla will protect us yes uh we don't know that and the general is like you don't know that so we have to come up with another plan uh, and their plan is to basically lure them with a nuclear weapon and then blow up the nuclear weapon, hoping that that'll that the sheer force of the nuclear weapon will destroy the creature. Well, and that's that's what they go into because he's like they didn't like they didn't work before. They've already tried nuclear weapons, and the one soldier was I forget the comparison he made. I almost wrote it down because I thought it was funny. But he's like we're talking megaton yield now, yeah. Which back in those days wasn't the case. It wasn't the case, right? 
So the bombs are much, much bigger now. Just the con- not the not the nuclear aspect of it, but just the concussive force of the bomb mm-hmm. should be enough to completely obliterate them. Right. At least that's the hope, anyway. Uh, and so they basically devise a plan to lure the creature. I think it's it hasn't made landfall on Hawaii yet. So I think the original plan is the they go to Hawaii. Uh, AJT's character gets a flight back home. Like they'll they'll drop him off to get a flight oh, back that, home. Yeah, well, yeah. So what happens? Yeah, they all make the ship that they're on makes a port in Hawaii in uh mm-hmm. oh, I can't. It's like O A H U Oahu or I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Oahu. Oahu. Uh, sure. Um, they make a port in Oahu, uh, and then uh, it, they're tracking the creature. It looks like it's going to make landfall in Hawaii in a few hours. And uh, AJT tells everybody, like, look, I got to go. I got to go bury my father. Uh, I need to go back to my family and all that. So we see him on, like, a tram area, uh, like, subway tram type thing uh, in the airport going to wherever he's going to be going to get on a plane to go back to his family and right. bury his father. I, I believe that he's in Honolulu. I think so. I'm not a hundred percent. Uh, the locations, except for whenever they're in Nevada, getting the other thing that we'll get to here in a bit. Right. Um, so he's on the tram. Uh, a little boy gets cut off from his parents and the parents start panicking. Oh, and the thing that, um, while he's at the house, he ends up picking up like the army man that you saw him have at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and he takes it with him. Right. Uh, Which comes into play right here because yep. the kid gets cut off from his parents. Like, he starts panicking. The little boy starts panicking. Gets stuck in the train, mm-hmm. and his parents are out on the platform. And it's it's a little. I believe it's a Japanese. Yeah, it's a little Japanese boy little with Japanese his family. Boy. So he's trying to speak to him in Japanese because he grew spent a little bit of time there as a kid. Mm-hmm. So he's like trying to calm him down and like lets his parents know, like, stay right there. I'll bring him back. And then he's basically like, you better hope I don't miss my flight kid. Cause ooh, <laughs> buddy, I'm going to get you if, if I do. Uh, but yeah, that little toy he found on the army, man, he gives it to the little boy to try to comfort him yeah, and all that. Take it's good a very care sweet of him moment. Um, uh, but while all that's happening, then an EMP blast goes off. Killing the tram completely, killing the entire area. We see like a, a beach party going on, and they see like a SWAT team descend on a tower, and they're not sure why. Everybody's like looking at it, and then we also see inside the command ship, like everybody has gotten an alert saying that Godzilla is close, that he's going to mm. be in Oahu uh, very shortly. We see like the the dorsal fins pop up out of the water and shit. Go by the ship. Go underneath. Go underneath and everything. This is the first hint. This is at like the 55 mark of the movie and everything. Uh, and this is our first hint at Godzilla with his own movie. Whatever. It's a small pet peeve, but I'm just like, uh, whatever. It's also very effective in other movies. Yes, I know. Jaws, it works fucking beautifully in. I'd, I'd argue that this is a Jaws scenario where it works. Just, just because you want... like. Obviously, with the trailer, you got to see right. a little bit of Godzilla, and you're like, that looks awesome. I want more. Yes. Just because you want more doesn't mean you should get more in the first act. Yes, I understand that. But with, and I, I understand the comparison of comparing it to Jaws, because Jaws, you don't really see the shark for most of the movie. You don't see, you don't see Bruce till act three. 
But you get hints of him throughout the entire movie. You get hints of Godzilla throughout the entire movie. No, you don't get shit about Godzilla until the 55-minute mark. They mention him, that's it. You don't see a fucking thing. False. You see his spines at the end of the credits. <laughs> yes. Of the opening credits. Yes, you're very right. But up until the opening credits, until the 55-minute mark, there's fucking nothing. Not a POV shot of inside uh, Godzilla's viewpoint. And to be nothing. fair, to be fair, like just 100% fair, you don't see hints of Bruce. No, you get his point of view. You get his point of view as he's attacking the girl on the beach and shit. We get uh, the girl being attacked by the shark. We get different aspects of Bruce in the water and shit. We just don't get him full on until the end of the movie. Well, we With get Godzilla. We get shark in the water. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean that it's Bruce. <laughs> True. I'm just saying I would have liked just maybe a little bit more. I get the comparison of Jaws. It's very fucking reminiscent of Jaws. It's just, it just irked me. We didn't get nothing for like a good hour. Of Godzilla, the titular character of this movie. So, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, so Godzilla dives under the boats and everything. Um, and as uh, he pops up, we then cut to the creature. We cut to Aaron Taylor Johnson on the tram, uh, just trying to console the kid as everybody's like screaming and yelling because all the power's out and everything. And then the power comes back on, and off in the distance, we see the Muto just wrecking up shop and shit, just fucking just screaming its bloody head off. Just destroying buildings left and right. I don't think it's screaming at this point. It, something's going on that but catches Aaron Taylor Johnson's. Well, Maybe I it's think just it's people screaming at that people point. People screaming, and I think people are shooting at it. Like I think I think that SWAT team on the on the buildings that yeah, descended is, is shooting shooting at it, which draws his attention, mm. and he sees it, and then it, I believe it cuts to the beach. Yes, it cuts to that uh, beach part that's going on, and we just see like the ocean water get pulled into the ocean. It's presumably it was something similar that happened in, in Japan. What was it, like 2008, 2009? That big tsunami, tsunami that hit the nuclear reactor and everything that caused a whole major freakout. It's very similar. Fukushima, I, I believe. I believe so. Uh, it's very similar. All the water gets pulled. Anytime a tsunami is about to happen or repel even a hurricane, all the water gets pulled a big, in. A big fucking wave. Yes. All the water gets pulled in. You can see like a good like 100 feet in front of you of like the ocean floor and shit. Um, and that's what happens in this movie. All the water gets pulled in, and everybody presumes that it's a fucking tsunami, which it kind of is. Um, yeah, people start running away. And I thought for a minute, the first time I watched this, I was like, no. Yes, because no, there's a dog no, still tied no. to a tree. And I was like, if that Barking. was real life, that dog would be dead. Because there's no way in hell that dog... I, granted, dogs are really strong, and if it's in a panic, maybe it would be able to snap it. But realistically, probably not. And the dog would have fucking died. And I thought it was going to. Like I thought it was just I thought they to, were going to as well. I was like, I thought it was wow, just going to remain there. And I was like, it's like, don't do it. Like, don't <laughs> fucking do it. But yeah, right away, right when the dog because, tugs on the because thing. Because for all the all like you've you've heard Greg break down <laughs> multiple times about multiple different movies, about like how being a father has changed him and yeah. like made him softer and stuff. I'm not a father. I'm a I'm a puppy parent. <laughs> And that's softened my heart. So anytime somebody fucks with the dog, like John Wick, like I don't see that as a <laughs> as a movie of revenge. I see that as, as a movie of uh, justifiable of, homicide. Yeah, just <laughs> like like everybody goes, oh, does he go too far? And I'm like, I don't think he goes too far enough. 
Like, my dog dies, or you, one of your guys kills my dog, I kill 70 of your people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Justifiable. Right. Uh, yeah, call me fucking Baba Yaga, bitch, because <laughs> I'm about to wreck your shit. Oh, that's right. They do call him Baba Yaga in that movie. Yeah, anyway, um, that's that's not what happens here. The, the dog, dog breaks free. Immediately. That's my point, is that in real life, A, the dog would have struggled a bit more, but immediately, the moment the dog starts running away from it, the lead snaps, he runs off. We see the dog running down the fucking street ahead it's, of all the people. Well, that's because dogs are faster than humans. <laughs> right, I'm just saying, ahead of all the people, we then see a Well, yeah, because it's people. going, fuck, 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 <laughs> right. just like the people. Uh, but, but there is a deleted scene that we missed, because the dog just doesn't snap it. Godzilla, the reason that the water gets drawn back is because Godzilla stood up out of the water. Yes. Displacing all of that and pulling it back. And he just kind of like leans down and with one of his little... Finger claws is like, gotcha, fam. <laughs> and, and just cuts the and lead. And just cuts the lead. <laughs> That's why part of the lead is still on there. Okay. I would have really liked it. Just Godzilla in like a normal voice, gotcha, fam, and just cut it. Right? <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, we then uh, cut to like the main airport area, and all these people are watching this happen. And we see the um, Motu or Muto. Muto. Fucking hell. Muto uh, just destroying this entire airport. And just wrecking shop and shit. And everybody, mass panic is happening. Everybody's trying to run away as all these mini explosions start happening and shit. And then we get this fucking amazing shot of like this wide shot inside the airport terminal. And you just see the leg of the... uh, Muto. Muto. I was going to say it the other way. Leg of the Muto. And then we just see Godzilla's fucking legs stomp right in the other uh, side of the frame of the window and everything. It's it's a great fucking shot between these two characters. I really enjoyed that shot. I want to say that there's another scene there too that uh We also see I, don't, I think it's the tram being taken out. Yeah, I don't remember if it's Godzilla or if it's the Muto. I think it's the Muto. But one of them like takes out the tram. AJT is Yes, I see you. <laughs> uh is sitting there and like the leg just swipes through mm. and destroys the car that he's in. And the kid ends up like everybody's trying to grab the kid to save his life because they they're going to fall like mm. a long way, um, however high up. <laughs> yeah, however high up it was, we'll just say two stories. Yes, um, but like they end up losing the kid, and he drops to where AJT is, and he grabs him real quick and mm-hmm. holds onto him tight. Um. And then I think it goes in, like, there's a couple of scenes inside the uh, the terminal, the airport terminal. Because mm. there's one where everybody's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Mm. And then a plane blows up, and they're like, fuck! Yeah, and then... And yeah. then they see giant leg, and then they're like, fuck! Yep, and just more mass chaos and everything. And then they see another giant leg, and they're like, fuck! <laughs> and then we get, like, a small, like, little fight scene between this... Uh, Muto. Muto and Godzilla. I'm just going to keep pointing to you because uh, I keep fucking it up. Uh, and it's a nice little scene. One of these fascinating things about the Godzilla movies is that I really fucking like to see Godzilla fight. <laughs> it was just shit blowing up. Granted, yeah, people may have died in this whole thing. Hell, in Godzilla versus King Kong, you know fucking people died in that movie because there's a whole like scene, like whole sequence of just 
I don't want to ruin anything. I was, I was so close to fucking ruining something, but people fucking died. Um, but yeah, we get this nice little fight scene, and it basically the Muto uh, best Godzilla for the most part. It runs off. We see Godzilla uh, hot on its tail and everything, and then we just see like the next morning or shit. It's daylight at this point. I don't know. And everybody's just trying to reel from the attack that just happened between the Muto and Godzilla. <laughs> and just trying to make sense of all of it. We see like FEMA workers and everything, just people. And we see Aaron Taylor Johnson's character with the kid. He goes up to one of the people that are helping other people. Uh, just like, look, this kid lost his parents. So we're not sure where he is. They tell him to fill out this form. The kid basically fucking sneaks off. He just runs away. And Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, what the fuck? I don't know. And he starts panicking a little because he's obviously a good person and was responsible for this kid. And then the kid just fucks off and he's not sure where he goes. And then he sees the kid running up to his parents and everything. And he's basically like, all right, the kid's with his parents. Fine. (laughs) I'm I'm done. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But then he sees like like a squad go by him marching and everything. And he pulls one of the guys off. He's like, where are you going? Uh, What's going on? And the the, uh, soldier basically tells him, like, look, uh, we're heading towards... We're a ba- I can't remember the location where they're heading San towards. San Francisco. But, the, yeah, uh, I believe so. Uh, they're basically following them. They're like, we're, we're chasing them big fucking things. Yes. Uh, they're following after them to try to basically do something. Like, these movies, one thing that fascinates maybe in the first one you could do this, but all the previous ones, I don't understand the aspect. But they start firing guns at it. Just regular, like, fucking M14s and shit. I'm just like, that's, that, that's clearly not going to work. Stop firing those things. Maybe an RPG will fucking work. But a fucking simple automatic rifle, not going to work. Stop. Uh, it, which is fine in this first movie, but they keep doing it in the other movies. I'm just like, this is pointless. Let's not do this anymore. Get bigger guns and then move on. Uh, anyway, we then see Alan Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, on the same aircraft as them as well. I think so. Or did we get a scene with Ken Watanabe's character? On the, I think this is where we get the main general guy explaining to everybody about the plan with the nuclear yeah, weapon. Yeah, the plan with the nuclear weapon. Um, obviously, the people from Monarch, like Ken Watanabe's character and uh, Sally Hawkins' character, are very much uh, against that idea because it's not going to end well for anybody if a nuclear weapon well, goes off. it's not so much that. They're like, you, I think Godzilla is here to protect us. Like, let him fight them. Yes. And we see Ken Watanabe in a very, like, serious, somber tone, and he's like, let them fight, is one of the... Mm-hmm. It's, it's something you saw in the trailer of just Ken Watanabe being Ken Watanabe in this movie. Just very somber and serious, and I don't want to do an insulting Japanese accent, so just let them fight. <laughs> let your God do zero fight. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm okay. If I get hate for it, I'm okay with it. I'm not... <laughs> uh, like, and the best part is that sounds absolutely nothing like him. <laughs> right, so, right. It's, like, it would, it would. I feel like it would be exactly as offensive as me going, um, "Let them fight," and turning him into William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's like turning him into actually, William Shatner. Actually, Shatner might be more offensive <laughs> than <laughs> super racist Japanese accent. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, the Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> treatment uh anyway we then get uh the entire team walks out of the room we get the main general guy walking up to ken watanabe's character he's like look if you got a better plan i'm all for it 
but this is the best we got. We got nothing else. And Ken Watanabe basically hands him that watch that we saw him play with mm-hmm. when we first get introduced to him. And the general's like, it stopped at uh, whatever time it stopped, like 8.02. Uh, and Ken Watanabe's like, yeah, uh, August 8th, 1945. And the general immediately knows when that was. The, oh. Hiroshima. That, yeah, that's when we, that's when we, uh, we taught Japan not to fuck with us. <laughs> right. Because um, America. And the, Ken Watanabe's like, it was my father's. Uh, it was with him on the, that day, and it and then we get the hint that it serves as a reminder to Ken Watanabe's character to never go to that point where we have to do something that we may, may regret. And depending on who you're talking to, a lot of people, like myself, I am not for this love affair with nuclear power or weaponry of any kind. I think it will have a damning effect on future generations and shit like that. And uh, that's what they're hinting at in this movie, that nuclear prolification is not something we fucking want. It's, yes, it's good as a deterrent, but the whole gun on everybody's head waiting for someone to make the first move is not great. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good situation. And that's pretty much, and that, uh, some of the best movies in the world are always movies that are trying to whip some uh, uh knowledge at you or trying to teach you something and i believe that's what this movie is trying to teach you in some manner obviously it is just majority of the movie is just creatures fucking fighting and shit but some of the good movies actually whip um a, a lesson or two are, are able to to throw some truth at you while still entertaining and right. telling you a and i think story. that's what this movie is trying to tell us is that nuclear may not be the nuclear weapons may not be the best option they may not be on their high horse about nuclear power but nuclear weapons in 1945 is probably one of our darkest times. We probably could have still... A lot of fucking historians have fucking said we probably could have still won the war without fucking nuking human beings into right. obliteration, so... Well, not obliteration. Uh, there shadows. are fucking actual shadows. They were obliterated, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are literal shadows of people but, on buildings. But not into nothing. <laughs> we obliterated them into shadows. <laughs> right. That's not nothing. A shadow is something. Right. You know what? You're correct, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then cut to Aaron Taylor Johnson on that main aircraft with the rest of the soldiers and everything. And uh, they get word of what's going on about the plan with the nuclear weapon and all that. They land in the main area, not the main area, like a small town outside of like San Francisco. Yeah, they can't get any closer because, um, as we've discovered, the... Uh, the Muto... The Moto Muto Muto. I said it right. Uh, it will knock out anything that gets too right, close to with it. A, with its EMP pulse thing. Right. So, so they they end up- they realize that they have to stay a certain distance away. They land there because there's a train there, and they're going to take the train into right. And it doesn't need any sort of electrical ability. Well, the bomb that they end up setting up, and we also learn that. Aaron Taylor Johnson is of uh, like an EOD train technician. It's like yes, explosive. Up or something. Explosive ordnance. I think diffuser, it's ordnance. Diffuser. I believe is what EOD stands uh, for. And he, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe that's what it stands and for. And he's basically the guy. He's the guy from Heart Locker. Yeah. He goes in, dismantle, dismantles like uh, IEDs before they fucking explode and everything. So he's that guy. Well, uh, and they like my the the biggest problem that I have with it is like. 
the way that he manages to get back stateside, like the military doesn't work that way. Like you don't get you can't to just you jump, don't, even if you were part of the military. I don't. I don't think that they're just gonna be like, oh yeah, sure, okay. why not? Because he was a lieutenant in the military, so it has some sort of uh, credence to it, like some sort of like hierarchy. So they do call him lieutenant, and there are a few yeah, of them that I, treat him like a I lieutenant guess and all that. Maybe. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, they land here and. They're like, you got to walk the rest of the way. And he's like, well, I need on that train. And they're, they're like, well, why should we let you on the train? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm EOD. Like you need I've, me. I've actually had my hands inside bombs like this. Like if you want to switch it to a manual countdown, like I can fucking do that. Yep. Uh, the guys, and they, they the let the sergeant guy on. is a little apprehensive to the idea, but then he eventually agrees to the idea to let him on with this team and everything. Cause he's the best option that they fucking got to get this bomb working in a manner that they need. Cause it's all mechanical at that point. It's all a bunch of gears and cogs and shit. It's nothing electrical, nothing for the uh, Muto to knock out or anything like that. So they get it on the train. We then cut to them on the train. Uh, it's like the dead of night the trains mm-hmm. going through everything. And then they come across the bridge. Uh, or they're about to come across the bridge and they're, they basically stop and they're like, there's like a forward team. And yes. they stop hearing from the forward team. Uh, so they stop the train and they go out looking for that forward team to learn about their whereabouts, why they ain't in communication with the rest of the team and everything. Uh, then we just see uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character on a bridge with another the main guy that he pulled off to the side earlier before he got on the plane and everything, along with the sergeant of the team and someone another like random soldier guy. Uh, the random soldier guy and the team are on the... Of the, the the sergeant and the random soldier guy are on the bottom part near the riverbed, while Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson are on the bridge part of the rail line. Um, and as they do, uh, the AJT or ATJ Aaron Taylor Johnson is uh, walking across along with his uh, new best friend right behind him. The new best friend trips, drops the light, it falls through the uh, cracks in the rail line. All the way right down in front of the... Right behind... uh, Yeah, near the uh, sergeant and the random soldier guy. They look at it because they're startled by it, and then they turn around, and they see the remains of the other team floating on by them with the tank and everything just destroyed, demolished at this point. The the team is nowhere to be found. It's just gone. Um, And then they're about to radio to Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, and then that's when all hell fucking breaks loose. Um, well, no, the Muto is like right next to him. That's right. Uh, they drop before all hell breaks. Yeah. There's like this and quiet the, tension. The radio, the radio goes off and the soldier guy's like, no, and like tries to shut it off. And like, oh my God, I hope we didn't hear that. But then the Muto just keeps walking away and they're like, oh good. We we're okay. Uh, and yeah, it, presumably uh, alien Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character and this, uh, his new best friend, uh, against the, the, floor of the rail line. They're wondering why. Uh, I guess Maggie was close by. Mm. I can't tell if that's in front or behind. I can't either. But if you hear like, and then something dying down, it's my mother-in-law on her uh, uh, lawn, riding lawnmower. So that's what it is. So in case you're wondering what that start up and stop, start up and stop is. Uh, but yeah, uh, they think that they're about to be attacked by the Mudo, like you said. But then it fucks off and goes further towards where the rail line was. Um, and they're wondering, why did it go there? And then it quickly dawns on them, oh, shit, the nuclear warhead is on there. And then uh, they get 
I think they feel it, feel the vibrations on the line, and they're like, "Oh shit, we need to start running." Because right as they start running, right behind them is uh, the train on fire and shit. Um, so I'm not sure how. I, reasons, story reasons. We we constantly come up against that, Ryan. Is things happen in movies for story reasons? The, there's no reason that the the locomotive would be on fire. No. If he just took it, there would be no reason. Uh, but then I think Godzilla, or like the leg of the Muto, ends up knocking out half of the train. I think. Yeah. Because I, yeah, yeah, it does. Because then Aaron Taylor Johnson goes down to the water. We don't know what happens to his friend. I think he gets taken out by part of the Muto as well as the train is being, or the train line is being taken out. Uh, but Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson basically falls like a hundred feet from this train line down into the water, and right away I was like, he'd be dead. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. He'd be dead. And granted, we see him later on. He's near dead, but no, he'd be fucking annihilated by the just the sheer force of hitting that water. Yeah. Um, anyway, we then see like a wide shot of the creature taking the nuclear warhead with him and then just fucking off. We see like more shots of like helicopters trying to take it out. It's not working. They get taken out by the EMP pulse that the creature can do and it just fucks off further away. Uh, we then cut to Aaron Taylor. We, we just get like this panning shot of like the morning of all that shit happening. We just see like wreckage all yeah, the morning this. after. All, to see all the wreckage and shit and just bodies uh, strewn all over the place. And then we cut, or it just slowly pans over to Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. He jolts up. He's trying to get up. He then hears a helicopter in the sky. It has, like, these straps coming off of it and shit. Um, and then we see the uh, team working on a, a warhead of some sort. And apparently it's the warhead that the creature got on. I guess it dropped it at some point. I don't remember... I remember grabbing it, but I there's, don't remember it. There's two different warheads. Is there? Yeah, because one's, like, in a plane. And I think that even might be on Hawaii. Like, I think... Because they find out that he's trying... Or they're eating nuclear material. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're trying to lure it, because it's attracted to nuclear material. That's why it went to the nuclear reactor site in the nine, 1990. Uh, and that's why uh, they're trying to use it to bait it to go to where they need it to go to blow it up and everything. Uh, but I, I guess at some point they had two bombs because this team is recovering this bomb that was in the wreckage and everything. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson's basically staggering up to them. We see one of the sol- soldiers look back to him, yell medic. And then, then it kind of like fades to whitish. Yeah. And then he, they're back on the ship talking to the main general guy. Um. So, yeah, the team is gathering information as they do, and they're predicting of where the creature is going to go. And they uh, basically plot out where it's going, where it has been, and they can basically indicate where it may go as long as it doesn't deviate well, from the, the current path. The other one, the one that's coming out of Yucca Mountain. Mm. Like, well, it hasn't come out yet. So No, it has. Well, they don't know this yet. That's what I'm saying. No, they do. They, I want to say that that scene's before this. Because what happens next is they're talking about what to do in San Francisco. Um, they, they're they tracking the way that it's moving and stuff. And I want to say on the ship, they're talking about it. I think that's why the first bomb's in Honolulu or in Hawaii. Mm. Because they're talking about it liking nuclear waste and stuff as food. They're like, well, where did you put the other one? 
And then you see... Well, they make the claim that they thought it was inert, that it was dead. So that's why they put it in the nuclear uh, waste site in Yucca Mountain. Right, because it was still giving off radiation. Mm -hmm. But while they're on the ship, uh, Ken's character... um, like, listens to... uh, Because it's before AJT or ATJ goes to Hawaii... He asks him if his dad said anything else, and he said that uh, it was communicating. Something, something, something was calling or answering back, mm-hmm. and they find the the thing answering it, and they're like, "There was another one," and then they go look at Yucca Mountain, and it's just fucking blown open on the back. Yeah, because it goes through Vegas at one point, and everybody's playing the slots, and then just everything goes dead. And they're like, "What the fuck?" And then. The yep. fucking top half of the building disappears, <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and we get the uh, scene of just because they are also uh, we're back on the ship at this point, and it, they're like, "Okay, so what's the report from uh, Las Vegas?" And they get like a like a helicopter shot of like the uh, Mudo on like the the faux Paris thing in Vegas and shit, just ripping it down and shit. So like, fuck your Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. uh, we then cut to what is it? I think it's Aaron Taylor Johnson on a helicopter. Like, he's somewhat bandaged up at this point. He's going to Colorado, where the main staging area is. Um, but it would make sense to have it in Colorado. I think it's Colorado. Maybe it's maybe it's another part in Nevada or someplace. I, okay, you, clearly I don't remember you, exactly. It would have to be closer than Colorado, mm-hmm. I feel. I mean, I suppose it could be in Colorado, but I feel like it I mean, would be... I mean, don't you have to go through Colorado to get to Nevada? Not from Hawaii. Well, no, you would make landfall in, in on the West Coast somewhere. But I'm presuming from San Francisco at this point because that's where they mainly talk about. So from San Francisco to get to Nevada, I think you go through Colorado or New Mexico or maybe from, it is both. From San San Francisco to Vegas, yeah, you don't go through Colorado. California's here. Nevada fucks it. Like it, it fucks its crevasse. Okay, then I want to say Colorado is where they get the train coming so through. So Colorado is above Nevada. Yeah, well, because yeah. it's yeah, I think yeah, because New Mexico I believe is right next to Texas. Because yes, all that, uh, and then Nevada, then Colorado. So I believe it is Colorado because I suppose it could be. I it don't... could be because we're the proxy. Either way, it doesn't really fucking matter. They're in some place close as a staging area. What they're going to do next? Um, they know they now have two of these moto things, and one's a man, one's a woman. The woman doesn't have any wings, and the man is much smaller than the woman. Clearly, the woman and the man are going to meet up and fuck at some point and make more of these fucking monsters. Let me in, I'm trying to fuck. And we got Godzilla hot on their trail looking to fuck up some shit at this, time, at this point. Uh, we then get the... They basically map out the directory of the two mudos, and it's going to be in San Francisco at this point. They're heading towards San Francisco. Uh, and then we get uh, the main general guy and Ken Watanabe having a conversation. It was like, do you believe that Godzilla... The general was like, do you believe that Godzilla is here to protect us? And Ken Watanabe's character is like, yeah, I believe he is. At the very least, to take care of any sort of threat that he perceives as a challenge to him. Yeah. Not necessarily protecting humans, right. but... Uh, more of a Protecting apex his predator. status as an apex predator. Right. Uh... And if there are thousands of those things, he won't be very. And we get uh, apex uh, anymore. Yeah, 
ATJ uh, gets off the helicopter. He's then uh, brought to like an EMT. They start working him up and shit. Uh, one of the uh, other soldiers asks him if he is. Um... No, 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 not yet. We then cut to inside Elizabeth Olsen's day, and it's just mass panic in this hospital. She is a doctor of some sort. Doctor or nurse. Or... They don't really specify. They don't even. Like uh, people around her don't even call her like I, doctor. I want to say she's a nurse, just because she's like, dressed up like similar nurses. But I'm not the, sure. Yeah, the call goes into the nurses' station, right? And she, the nurse is like, "Hey, you need like somebody on the phone for you. I'm busy. And she, no, you take it." Yes, uh, and it's Elizabeth Olsen in the hospital with Sam, and Sam's with her, and just mass panic, and there's nobody watching the kid, it's just the kid is at the nurse's station, and all the nurses are taking turns, like, taking care of Sam and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, she gets on the phone, and it's with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, about, and they're just talking about the fucking chaos that's been happening lately, about all everything that's been going on. He asks if she's okay, if Sam is okay, and they're like, yeah... And then he just tells her to get out of San get Francisco, out of the city, get out of San Francisco as quickly as possible. Uh, he doesn't tell her exactly what's going on, but he just tells her like something's fucking going on. You need to get the fuck out of there quickly. Uh, we then cut back to uh, the main command or uh, like staging area of whatever's going on, uh, and someone approaches Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, asks him if he is such and such. He says, "Yeah." He, and then we cut inside the main command unit of the staging area. And it's just this team of like halo. Um, well, they, they say that Rangers, they, um, I don't know that there are, they're halo Rangers. I think they're just like, I know that the drop they're doing is called halo yes. drop. I'm not sure of the, what the actual term I don't, is. Or I don't know that they're, that they are those. I, I, I know that that's what they have to do, mm. but I don't feel, I don't know that, that that's a designation. Or that's their de- designation. Yeah, I have no clue. Um, but they're like, you know, we have to jump well outside their sphere of influence. So it the issue is there is now a fully loaded and ready to go nuclear bomb that's counting down in the middle of the San middle Francisco. of San Francisco, and um, if like, and the the main general is because. Because the main general is talking to, like, another EOD guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I don't know. I won't know how long it's going to take me and stuff. And then ATJ's character walks in and is like, 60 seconds. And the guy's like, you can't do it in 60. You don't know what you're going to be dealing with. He's like, well, I'm I'm the guy that fucking installed it. So, yeah, <laughs> I do. Like, I do, I do know, like. Take me with you. No. Uh, what are, and think, then, and very, very quickly after the bravado of like, pfft, yeah, right, 60 seconds, he's like, well, it sounds like we're going to fucking need you then. So <laughs> welcome aboard. And one of the guys also asks, like, okay, if this doesn't work, what is the plan B? And they're like, well, the other plan is we put it on a boat and send it out to the ocean far away from any uh, life that it could cause any damage to. And we'll, eventually uh, that may come into play. We'll see, Ryan. Um, anyway. Uh, we then cut to them on the um, the big aircraft that yeah, they're the on, plane. and they, they, we see one guy praying about what's about to happen. Aaron Taylor Johnson takes out a photo of his family and just looks at it and shit. And then they we they get the 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 like warning sign that they're near the drop, so everything turns red. They put on their uh, masks and everything to drop in, 
And then we just see a series of them, everybody just taking turns, just dropping into the air. And it's just this nice fucking shot of the the, the flares going, or like the smoke, uh, smoke flare flares going that on. are attached to their legs. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that's a thing or not. Um, I know that they use uh, beacons of some sort in some of the night drops. I don't know if they use like actual like flares or anything strapped to them. I don't know. I don't know. But just visually, it would it would make sense. For them to be able to keep track of where they are, like right. where the other members of their team are. That's why I, say, I know that they use flashing beaker beacons that you can see like a couple feet uh, off of someone, but they're not very bright. They just indicate that some something is there, so you don't run into them as you're making a night drop. I know that much. I just don't know if they use smoke grenades of any sort strapped to them at any point. But anyway, it's a. Vi- it makes for an awesome shot. Yeah, just the shot of all of them like descending from the clouds and shit. Just that wide shot of just a streak of red with the bodies attached to it, and it, it looks fucking amazing. But yeah, the, that was used for the poster. Yes, it looks fucking amazing. Uh, so we have the team descending, and they're all just pulling their parachutes, and it looks like ATJ is not fucking paying attention because he's because at this point. Godzilla and the Mutos are at full tilt battle at this point. They're fucking wrecking up shop. Uh, everybody's in mass chaos. Um, uh, all buildings are being thrown in, are being torn apart by the Muto, at least the smaller Muto and uh, Godzilla, just fighting it out. And as uh, ATG is descending from the heavens, uh, he's just watching Godzilla do his thing, and he's just mesmerized. And it looks down, and it looks like he's about to hit the fucking ground real fucking quick. He pulls a shoot, last second. Um, and we just see him descend on the ground and everything. Um, <clears throat> we also get a shot of the female Muto in like the main area. Well, I forgot to mention this before he fights Godzilla, the smaller Muto fights Godzilla. We see the bigger one and the smaller one, like meet each other. They nuzzle up against each other, butt heads. Uh, they, he transfers the nuke to the bigger, uh, Muto. Hey, look, I brought you, I brought you some, some nuclear waste. <laughs> gonna let me in your fucking pants <laughs> we then see the bigger one just start digging at the ground and shit and, yep. and, and we're not sure why presumably for nesting and shit like that um we then cut to i think it's more shots of godzilla and the smaller muto fighting uh, along with aaron taylor johnson's character just fucking mesmerized he just there are there are shots in this whole sequence where he just stops what he's doing and just watches what's going on with the creatures uh, but you know those were awkward scenes <laughs> to film because she's like, I just want you to stare at that that green wall for like <laughs> the next twenty five seconds, and you know, just in his head, he's like, one, one. Mississippi, <laughs> yeah. two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Why am I doing this? It's gonna look really good. <laughs> uh, and the rest of the team is like, well, you better fucking hurry up. <laughs> You're trailing behind, buddy. Uh, and he quickly runs up to the team. They descend to where the nuclear weapon is, and the bigger uh, Muto has gone away. Uh, we don't see where it has gone just yet, I don't believe. No, I think Godzilla kills the smaller one, and then the big one's oh, like, Oh, that's you right, before they, before they find the nest and everything, yeah. So Godzilla and the smaller Muto get into a, a little scuffle, and then I think Godzilla breaks its neck. Yeah. I think so, and then just toss it out of the side. And Godzilla's worn out at this point. He falls to the ground, and is just—it's not the final fall where you see at the end of the movie, but he falls to the ground. He's like nursing his wounds and trying to give up the courage to fucking just or build up the strength to go after the bigger one. Uh, the bigger one's not waiting for nobody. It sees that uh, its uh, partner has been taken out, 
it starts charging at Godzilla right away. So Godzilla takes a second and then gets back up and starts by fighting the bigger Muto. And it's just a series of like, just think of two giant creatures crashing into one another around basically hell. Just imagine two toddlers crashing into one another and around those toddlers, just paper plates. Uh, just teetering on like uh, cardboard tubes. Imagine all that. Because all the buildings are just being taken the fuck out by yeah. these two creatures. Nothing is fucking standing at by the time that they're done. Um, we then cut to Alien Ta Aaron Taylor Johnson's character inside the big nest area, and we just see all these uh, like egg sacs like pulsing and gestating and moving and shit, and, and nobody's paying but attention. You see to like one. It, it looks like the the tail end of the female, basically, mm. and it, it's just a spire, but it's got. Like, thousands of eggs on it. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at them, and a couple of them are, like, fucking moving and shit. Everybody else is getting the nuke. Yeah, everyone's concentrated on getting the nuke and getting the fuck out of here. Aaron Taylor Johnson, he doesn't say it as much, which is, it's kind of fucking annoying that he doesn't say anything. Like, hey, these are eggs. These are future problems. We should probably take care of these. He doesn't say anything. Like, he just, uh, what, about, what about this? Yeah. Like, this... Also seems like a problem that we should concern ourselves with. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, they start to pry open the casing for the nuke. It won't open up all the way. And they can't use Aaron Taylor Johnson to try to disarm it anyway. So like, fuck it. Let's get it on the boat and get we the fuck to, out yeah, of here. Yeah, we need to get it, move on. Uh, so they like, take... Well, they tell him to keep trying to open it, but they need to move with it at right. the same time. Because if it doesn't work, they need it on the boat as quickly as possible. So they start moving and everything. We then see Aaron Taylor Johnson just look around fucking hair in my mouth um we just see aaron taylor johnson just look around and just stare at fucking everything he's like look i need to do something about this fucking quick the rest of the team starts are just getting further and further away from him they look behind them they can't find aaron taylor johnson's character uh we just see aaron taylor johnson just knocking open like a fuel tank of some sort it's now tipped over and in like this big crevice so mm -hmm. he knocks it open all this fuel comes out aaron taylor johnson which is kind of convenient that shit explodes but there are open flames all around him so i guess presumably you would just assume that something like that would happen it was just like this is quite convenient yeah um but yeah all he does is open up the fuel tank all his fuel starts spreading out all over the place the entire like nest area starts filling up with fuel aaron taylor johnson gets out of the last second but not before the entire thing explodes and knocks him forward a bit <laughs> yeah he goes fucking flying yep uh, we then cut to, uh, I think it's... Well, it, looked like, it looks like the big Muto is getting the better of Godzilla, at least for the moment. Mm -hmm. And then upon hearing the boom, she's like, what? Yes, and she sees that her nest has been obliterated. She, right. she wails out and then starts charging to where the nest is, sees that the nest is gone. There's nothing left of it. it she kind of whines, does this like whining thing. And then sees Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, and the two of them just lock eyes. At that point, if that was me... You did this! <laughs> if that was me, I'd be like, oh, fuck. I am so <laughs> sorry. And just, like, reach into his pockets and, like, here's some nuclear waste. <laughs> yes. Wanna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but he just pulls out a pistol. He's about to fire at the thing. And, no, 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 this is later on. Uh, Godzilla comes and it's the same scene. Like, it's a similar scene, but it, it tackles her. Not the exact same. Yeah, he and comes he out runs of nowhere. Away, like, well, he limps away right. down to the docks. He goes off to the docks where the rest of the team is. They uh, basically hotwire this boat, get it started, and everything. 
but before they can, the big Muto is basically gotten rid of Godzilla completely and run over to where they are and then just starts, I think, taking out squad members left and yeah. right to try to get to this nuclear bomb and shit. Aaron Taylor Johnson, the mass confusion, ends up getting the boat started, pushes it away from the dock. The, it seems like the dock is basically just going to float away. It's barely moving at this point. It's just kind of like going with the waves and shit. He basically falls to the ground. He's like reserved himself to like, this is where I die. Mm -hmm. um, at least I'm doing it for a just cause type thing. Um, so he just basically collapses, watches himself uh, get further and further away from the city. And then the fucking creature, I think, pops out of the water and just stares at him for a second. It's like, where the fuck do you think you're going? And then as... Oh, you thought we were done? We're not done. <laughs> yes. And as the two stare at each other, Aaron Taylor Johnson takes out his pistol, which I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. He's going to take out the Mudo with a pistol. Um, but no. Either that or he's going to suck start it. I'm not sure which. <laughs> right. But no. I don't, which also leads to another, like, why would you think that? Um, out of nowhere... We see something grab onto the back of the Muto and like crack it in some manner. And Aaron Taylor Johnson looks at the gun and is like, Did I do that? How? <laughs> like, it just made no sense why you would have the character like look at the gun, like, I clearly did this. Like, no. Uh, we get a wider shot. It's Godzilla on the thing's like spine area and like cracking its neck. We then see Godzilla. We, I should also mention we also had a few shots of Godzilla like opening up the atomic breath on the smaller Muto from time to time. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, we well, get, well, you didn't really get a, a charge up or anything with it, though. It was just right, kind of like release. In this one, he grabs the bigger Muto, opens its jaws. We then hear the hum of the, the atomic breath coming up, and we see his entire dorsal fins along his tail and back just light up and shit. And as it bursts out of his fucking mouth, his entire uh, eyes light up, and he just throws up the atomic <laughs> breath. Right down its throat. Into the Muto's throat, and it fucking just obliterates the fucking thing. Fucking snaps its head back. It's like, eat it like a baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> it The neck fucking basically melts off, or the, yeah, the neck area basically yeah, the melts, melts off, off. Of, off the body, and we just have Godzilla roaring into the heavens with the Muto's head in its hand. He looks at it, tosses it aside, and then Godzilla falls to the ground. Along with Aaron Taylor Johnson's character also passes out at this point, I believe. Yeah. Um, because then he's woken up by a squad, a squadron of men, like taking him to safety away from a the helicopter. Boat. Um, and the Comes boat in and like pulls him up into the helicopter. But then they never let the the person who was who, who like went down to get him into the harness and stuff. Like they never show him getting back into the helicopter. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because then the boat fucking uh, a few minutes later blows the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, clearly they traded one person for another because that guy died. Um, anyway. And it's just a series of small shots of everybody just fucking exhaling from this entire fucking event. Uh, we have uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson now with his son, and like the it's almost like when Katrina hit, you have this big like uh, football arena. Yeah, they're in a stadium. Uh, people being helped by FEMA, being nursing their wounds and the traumatic experience they just have that just happened. All this fucking debris and shits all around them. We well, we should we did miss another scene. I was thinking that as well. It's the scene with the kid on the bus. Yeah. So, yeah, the mom um, gets the kid on the bus the, during the, all the panic and shit. Yeah, the mom puts the kid on the bus with the social worker that's heading to one of the, like, camps outside of the city. Yeah, yeah, like a but safe she's, haven. But she's going to stay and help people mm -hmm. because... Yeah. 
Uh, and it's right before Godzilla and the smaller Muto uh, start fight. fighting. Yeah, I know. Uh, we mi- I realized we missed it completely whenever uh, we got to the nest area. I was like, oh shit, we missed that. But yeah, that does happen. And right just, alongside the Golden Gate and Bridge. And it's right, yeah, it's right before Godzilla makes landfall. And then during a whole panic of everybody trying to get off, uh, get out of San Francisco on, through the Golden Gate Bridge, it's jammed up and shit. We see tanks trying to come in. Uh, we then see Godzilla trying to weave his way through the different ships and shit, but it's not working. So he just fucking stands up at this point. And he, he, I do, this is where I get the idea of, like, I don't understand why people need to start using automatic rifles on a towering fucking creature. Because clearly they do nothing to the Godzilla creature. Um, so just knock it off. Um, but the tanks and stuff. But it's what we have. Right. But the tanks and stuff do, like, disorient Godzilla a bit. Because because of the a few shots that he gets, he then ends up taking out the Golden Gate Bridge completely as he's, like, staggering to the side and shit. And yeah. Trying to get away from it and shit. Uh, but the boy... On that one particular bus. Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck. I'm tripping. Uh, but the bus driver, in like a mad panic, just speeds across, just running through barricades and shit. And at the last second, right before Godzilla basically trips through Golden Gate Bridge, he's saved. So the uh, boy narrowly escapes. Yeah, gets, being, the, gets to the other side. Uh, but yeah, that's the scene we missed. Um, but then it's just a series of shots at the end of the movie of Ken Watanabe and uh, Sally Hawkins' character just looking at the now passed out uh, Godzilla in the middle of the... I guess debris and crumbled buildings and shit. Of oh, San Francisco. And then uh, as they're looking at it, we then see seagulls and shit fluttering around Godzilla. And then it just like Godzilla starts moving and like exhales and just gets up and shit. And then we got to like a, a helicopter, a reporter helicopter shot. And it's just like, and it's like your first hint at things to come. It's like King of Monsters, uh, Godzilla friend or foe or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But the whole King of Monsters is hinting at things coming down the line. Uh, Godzilla basically just fucks off into the ocean, and that's the movie. Just stands up and is like, oh, fuck. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, before he gets up, we also see Aaron Taylor Johnson's character and his entire family back together. They're all, because they hadn't been together since the beginning of the movie, and yeah. they're all very happy to see one another. Then we get Godzilla waking up, and then right when he dives into the water, pff, credits ro- start rolling right the fuck away. Yep. Uh, that's the end of the movie. I really enjoyed this movie. And like I said, in 2014, we had gotten rumors that they were going to make more Godzilla movies, depending on how well this movie did and all that. And this movie did really well. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. What was it? On Rotten Tomatoes, for the critic score, it got a 76%. Audience score got a 66%. So it did fairly well, being that this was the first Godzilla movie. And the main critique for a lot of people was that Godzilla didn't show up for the longest time. Which we also had that conversation not too long ago. I get it, but I also get why they didn't do it. Anyway, clearly. Sometimes it's nice to wait for things. We don't always need immediate satisfaction. I'm not looking for immediate satisfaction. I'm just looking for just a little bit more than the hour mark before he shows up in a two-hour movie. But let's be honest. That happens a lot. I get it. With monster movies. Yes, I get it. I was just hoping Specifically for Specifically with large monster movies like Cloverfield. I'm not sure when he shows up. You don't actually see the whole creature. Yes, but you get that the creature's there for the entire movie. Well, right. That's, I'm, not seeing, I'm not expecting to see Godzilla the entire movie. You don't get anything of Godzilla, like I said, until the end of the opening credits and the like hour mark of this movie. But you get the other Mutos. 
but I don't care about the other Mutos. I care about Godzilla, Granted, Ryan. I, I get it. But you get big monster <laughs> right. throughout most of the movie. I understand. Even if it's just like legs and stuff like that. But like Cloverfield, it was one monster. Mm-hmm. That was that was all that was in there. Yeah. I mean Well, technically it's offspring as well. Yeah, with the parasites that were in its scales and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So you get the little monsters, but there's only one big monster. Mm-hmm. And the one big monster you don't even see until like the last five minutes of the movie. Right. And as long as we see the ramifications of the creature that is the important part of the movie, or the reason why you're in the movie. But they're all important parts of the movie. Because without the Mudos, Godzilla wouldn't have come up. Because he wouldn't have felt the need to. Because humans pose no threat to Godzilla. <laughs> they do not challenge his alpha predator I'm just title. saying, if... The movie was labeled Mudo plus Godzilla. I'd be all right with what we got, but it's not. It's called Godzilla. Oh, no. Last time I, last week when I tried that, you're like, no, it'd just be a Godzilla knockoff. Whenever I said di- giant dinosaur attacks New York, you're like, no, it'd just be a Godzilla ripoff. Well, yeah, that, that's not the same thing. If you had Godzilla as a side character, so like, this is a Mudo movie with Godzilla, that's not the same thing as saying, hey, this isn't Godzilla, but it is Godzilla. Because that's what you would be doing with God's, or, uh, giant dinosaur attacks New York City. No, it's just a f- giant fucking dinosaur. That's what Godzilla is. And hell. No, it's not. Th- yes, Godzilla, it is. Godzilla. In this uh, current parlance of fucking Godzilla, it is a goddamn dinosaur. It's not a nuclear fucking reaction to anything. It's a goddamn di- dinosaur from like some Cretaceous period. They even mentioned that he's an, a dinosaur from years past. Hell, they even point at the idea of another world within our world in Godzilla vs. King Kong. I haven't watched Godzilla vs. King Kong yet, so I can't speak to what they call him in that. Okay. But I don't think they call him a dinosaur in this. I think they do. I, I, have, to, I have to watch again, but I'm pretty sure they don't. I don't think they do. They don't call him a bad experiment or like a nuclear creature of some sort. Well, I don't think that he is, but like, mm, not 100% sure obviously, because I didn't live back then. But I'm pretty sure that dinosaurs didn't have atomic breath. Well, yeah, that's the fantastical part of it, Ryan. I'm pretty sure dinosaurs weren't as big as Godzilla. They were pretty fucking big, but not as fucking big as Godzilla. They could have been. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, this movie was well-received by critics and audience. Uh, the budget for this movie was $160 million. Now, because it was in 20... What is it? 14. Uh, we are eight years into nearly being 10 years. We are going to talk about inflation with this movie. So it is, it does have a, a somewhat a of a high tick up. So we're not going to probably do it with the other ones because it's just a few years out from all the other ones. So there's probably not much of a difference. But this one, there's a decent amount of difference between uh, $14 to $2021. Anyway, the budget for this movie was $160 million. Opening weekend made $93.2 million. Domestically made $200.7 million. Internationally made $324.3 million. Uh, altogether made $525 million. Now, if you adjust that for inflation for $2021, budget $177.6 million. Opening weekend $103.5 million. Uh, domestically, two hundred twenty-eight or two hundred and twenty-two point eight million dollars. Uh, internationally, three hundred fifty-nine point nine million dollars. 
and altogether $582.6 million. So there is a, a decent tick up between the two years. Um, but yeah, this movie made, if you count it in 2021 dollars, made over half a billion dollars with just this first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got other movies coming that came out afterwards. Now, I know they hint at other things. I don't think they hint. They hint at other big creatures being in the world. They don't hint at King Kong being in the world. So I don't think they have the King Kong versus Godzilla idea in this movie. Um, I know, I, I'm pretty sure they had the other Godzilla parlance ideas floating around after this movie. Because obviously yeah, Godzilla... I, I would say that the, the King Kong versus Godzilla thing didn't even come up until uh, Skull Island came out. Right. Um, and I obviously they're both owned by Universal. Uh, wait, no. Godzilla, I think, is owned by Warner Brothers. I think that's why we got Godzilla versus King Kong on HBO Max. I think. Anyway, um, but I know King Kong is a Universal monster and everything. And this is the, this movie is apparently the start of the uh, monster, like not like the like not like the one they tried vampire. With the Mummy and all, not that type of monster, but like the uh, mega monster type universe type thing. So, whatever. Um, but what other mega monsters are there? What do you mean? Like uh, other franchises that you could dip into this? Yeah. Um, Besides King Kong. Or you could do Cloverfield. But I don't know if it would, well, we got uh, 10 Cloverfield Land. That wasn't handy cam. So you could potentially do a cloverfield yeah, a cloverfield paradox wasn't either yeah that's true so you could do the cloverfield monster you could also do hmm hell you do like this weird like paradox thing where the 98 version of godzilla comes in and start wrecking up shop if you really want to go fucking trippy and like say some like weird mad scientist decided to pull in a into dinosaur. the godzilla vote into the Godzilla verse, yeah, yeah, pulled it from another parallel universe, and it's that Godzilla, well, whatever, just get fucking weird with the idea. Um, you could do that. Um, there's an Anne Hathaway movie, I can't remember the name of it. Colossal, is it Colossal? Where she basically has the uh, she controls a, the kaiju, yeah, you could do something like that. Hell, you can even do the Pacific Rim, you fuck, that would be amazing. You do that universe colliding together, you have. Like a Godzilla-like creature, you have Rodan, uh, Gadira, fucking uh, Mothra, all of them going up against the fucking Jaegers and shit. That'd be goddamn amazing, I think. But then you take away Godzilla defeating all the monsters. Like it would almost have to be like the Jaegers are fighting the kaiju. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to lose, and Godzilla comes in. Godzilla helps comes in and is like, "I got your back, bro." Yeah, you can do that. That way, you can still have Godzilla as the good guy. Like, come on, Gypsy Danger, let's go! <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know what their plans are for after Godzilla versus King Kong, but there are possibilities. They could easily do the Pacific Rim uh, idea. Fucking, I suppose. How do Gungan? Gundam, not Gungan. That's a goddamn creature from Star Wars. Gundam. Throwing some Gundam fucking... Uh, I can't remember the actual name of the... Uh, Gundam suits. Is there, are they called Gundam suits? Okay. Um, I couldn't remember what they were called. Um, but anyway, you do something. You get fucking weird, like I told you, Ryan. So anyway, uh, I really enjoy this movie. Hope uh, they do more of these. Obviously, they do more of these after this movie, but after Godzilla vs. King Kong, I hope they do even more because they are... 
some of my favorite times as a fucking kid was just watching the old Godzilla movies. And yeah, I knew because I started watching when I was about my son's age. I knew it was a guy in a rubber suit, but they were fucking fascinating to me. The 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 twin girls with the Mothra character, mm-hmm. just all of the fucking shit, the Mecha Godzilla, all of it. Just I fucking adore these movies. Just mainly because it's just big things colliding into other big things and just mass destruction. Yeah, and I've always been a a really big fan of uh, creature features, monster yeah. movies. Yeah. In particular, like, I don't know why, but they just hold a special place in my heart. Um, even even ones where you don't get to see the creatures. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I just wanted a little bit more than what um, we got in this movie. But, but, yeah, like, I don't know if it's just because, like, reading H.P. Lovecraft stuff and, like, Cthulhu books and stuff, mm-hmm. like, you get the the big ancient slumbering things that are mildly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why exactly, but creature features hold a special place in my heart and I enjoy watching them. Mm-hmm. Not just like the good ones, but like Sharktopus. It's fucking fantastic. I mean, it's terrible, yeah, but it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't watched short, any of the Sharknado movies. I have no idea what those are like. I know they're fucking, they're meant to be bad, that type bullshit, but. Yeah, they're. I haven't watched them, so I have no they're idea ridiculous. what they're like. I feel like the first one wasn't meant to be bad. Mm-hmm. And then they just. But then they went. Turned into kind, that. Kind of like Evil Dead, mm-hmm. where the first Evil Dead wasn't really supposed to be funny. Right, yeah. But then everybody was like, this is hilarious. And then they're like, well, fuck, fuck it. it. Yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they didn't take themselves super seriously, obviously, because it's a fucking shark tornado. <laughs> right. Like, you can't really take that super seriously. Right. But it, it, I, I feel like the first one was played way more straight than the rest, because mm-hmm. by the third one, like, he's jumping into a great white shark's mouth with a chainsaw and just, <laughs> like, sawing it open. <laughs> oh, or I, I want to say it's even, like, his hand. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, just ashes straight out. Oh, and, really? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I feel like that's that's a thing. Like the, I think it was the third movie. Uh, we will have to do that as a bonus episode. Just go through all the Sharknado movies or Sharknado movies, or hell, just do. There's even one called La Valanchula. I watched that one. It's got Steve Gutenberg in it. It's fucking horrendous, but it's Lava Tranchulas. It's fucking spellbinding. There's so many like bad. <laughs> ones like that, like I mean, you got sand sharks, you got yes. uh, lava uh, uh, octopus shark is also one. I can't, I, shark octopus. No, I think they do octopus shark, where it's like an octopus front half and like a shark back half or some shit like that. They no. do the opposite of shark octopus. I know what shark octopus oh. is. They do the opposite, where it's like the top half. I believe, I, I, I could be just my brain flipping them up. Or, I don't, I don't know how well up. that would work, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much all I got for this week. Uh, that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Comment, rate, subscribe. It sounded a little bit like rape, and I just wanted to fix it. <laughs> that's what I thought you thought it was. I was like, mm, no. No, it's, I know it's not what I said, but yeah. it sounded a little bit like it, so yeah. I decided to fix it. Right. Um, tell us what you think uh, about... Creature features in general, or Godzilla in particular. Yep. Um, we're both pretty obviously fans of it, so 
We look forward to more of them. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think we should do. If mm-hmm. you have got an opinion about something you want to hear us tear apart, let us know. Yep. Uh, and then you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdinian or Nerdian, depending on how you want to uh, pronounce it. You can also find me on both those platforms at that wanker. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. <laughs>